Esoteric Order of Role Players present 13 Candles, a Vampire the Masquerade Duet Chronicle with Desiree Valdez and David Larkin. Um, so we did fade out there, um, on Charlotte and Lucille Freeman as they were driving along an icy road, Uh, yeah, nighttime, mm -hmm. blustery snow. Then we realized that (coughs) unlike other chronicles (laughs) that we've embarked upon, that, Mm -hmm. um, Charlotte has a fairly big life before we're starting it and where we intend to start it. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. There's a there's a gap. There is. And we want to fill that gap. Up to a point. To a point um, where we can learn more about Charlotte and how she's faring and, you know. What... Covering her education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we're not, we're not going as granular as the, um, as the other two chronicles. Right, right, so right. Those were like daily <laughs> slogs of like, I'm a vampire. Mm-hmm. And so. Hour 13 of being a vampire. <laughs> so lame. Hour 21. <laughs> But yeah, but this is this is different. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out. Now I've detailed a couple things, and you know we'll see as we yeah. run through it. Because basically, Charlotte's still a neonate, but she's not a fledgling, as they say. When we're start, when we when, when we'll I, be starting properly in the the actual chronicle. right, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get her character a little more fleshed out, mm-hmm. and then just you knowing your surroundings a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. And, and, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to start doing. Okay. So we last left Charlotte, um, driving down the road. Mm-hmm. Cozying up to her, her new mother. Yeah. Her new <laughs> You're mom. my new mommy now. You're my new mom. And, uh. Yeah, so you're in this. Oh, also one other thing, just mm-hmm. before we get into it. <laughs> yeah. In the in the interim time between our last prelude and and this uh, the supplemental director's cut. Yeah. The uh, director's cut. <laughs> this uh, extra footage. Yeah. You. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You figured we figured out what was going on with Obsidian Portal, so there's now an. Obsidian we did. It's user error. Yeah. As was. usual. Yeah. But it's still not satisfactory because they've actually closed off a lot of their features to, to non-paying members. No, non-paying members. Ascendant. No. That's what they call it. Because it sounds more impressive than paying members. I'm sorry. It's for people who can afford to pay. Yeah. No. It sucks. It it's sucks. lame. Yeah. Um. But anyway. so I'd raise it from a, a one star to a three star out of five. 
Oh no, I give it one bag of popcorn and... That's harsh. What were you giving it before? Zero? An empty bucket? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So on that cheerful note... Damn. So to be fair, we are starting... We are wanting to start the, the Chronicle proper in 1967. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of space between 1919 and 1967 yes, there is. that we'd like to cover. Yeah. And it's not like we're going to go year by year. No, Well, I hope not. <laughs> no, but I've, I've sectioned things off. Okay, and we're still in prelude mode here. Just for Yeah, the, this is prelude mode. So this there is won't the, be really any dice rolls or anything like that. It's just mostly, It's a lot of just, um, yeah, so if you're not interested. Improv. Yeah, if you're not interested in improvisation or... Um, major, you know, just awkward discussions and awkward <laughs> acting, then... Yeah, cut to like 20 minutes from now. But what does it mean to feel things? We're not... <laughs> they're going to have a lot of... Is, feels... it, is it my nerve endings that are feeling something, or is it my brain's interpretation of the synapses firing yeah, that gives so... that meaning? Well, we want to give... Well, I'm thinking... Or is it my mental process laid on top of my brain's... Anyway, go on. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking about um, I'm thinking about interview with the vampire yeah. and how Claudia goes from this little sickly child mm. to you know going to the theater with Louis and commenting on the action on the stage like. Oh, how avant-garde this is! You know, like she's a little, she's like a little adult. Yeah, although the concept with Charlotte is, you know, again transcendental ingenue. So she, the way we've sort of discussed off mic is that she's gonna basically be raised in more or less of a. I mean, the 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 whole thing. She's not being exposed to the world. Right. Okay, so she's so sheltered. She's sheltered. She is sheltered. Doctor Freeman said, "I have a lot of things I want to teach you," mm-hmm. and. Um, so we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into it. Okay. I just wanted to kind of... Yeah, no, no. She's not going to be exposed to the world and be like this worldly person. Yeah, yeah. Or undead person or whatever. But she's yeah. going to be... She's being groomed mm-hmm. to to be yeah. for this path, for yeah, this yeah. for this chosen... For this clan, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she'll learn a little bit more about it. So... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, heading down the icy road, um, and making our way up to, like you said, destinations unknown. Mm-hmm. And you're driving on this icy... Destinations unknown. Yes, but full of ice and snow. Mm-hmm. So, yes. All right. So, you notice that there's two drivers... In front, two drivers. They have. Oh, I mean, two. Wheels. There's other. There's two other people in the vehicle. Yeah. You know, here again, caveat: new, very neonate GM. So I'm. I just, I'm, I just look at that as friendly prodding. It's yeah. helpful. Yeah. No, it's helpful because yeah. if you catch, because I said a lot of weird things. I was re-listening <laughs> to it, and I'm like, oh no, this is okay. Seemed fine to me. I know. All right, go on. So you're driving. Mm-hmm. Down the road, it's it's midnight. Okay. And before you know it, you're past um, you're past the state border. You're making your way up to Massachusetts. That take long. No. <laughs> and you're noticing that the the weather is shifting. It's changing. It's mm. not as snowy here. Mm. It's mm. a little more. It's a little more melted. Mm-hmm. Um, the storm probably just didn't hit 
you know, Boston yeah. as hard as, as Providence. Right. So you're making your way through Boston. You've never no. seen the city before. Yeah. So, yeah, I imagine I'm spending a lot of this car ride uh, staring out the window because the night is going to look different to me. It will look different to you. How does it look different? It. Uh, I can see better. I can see... Um, well, in fact, I can see very well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can see even better than certain other vampires we have known. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, who, who are you talking about? Well, like, I have Auspex 1, so... Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. just curious here. I'm, I'm just checking for, yeah, for uh, how reference, much, whether how that's something I have to activate or whether it's on all the time. Um, uh, yes, I have to activate it. Okay. You do? So... Wait. Yeah, yeah. It increases the acuity of all the vampire senses, doubling clarity and range of sight, hearing, and smell. <clears throat> um, so, um, occasionally this talent provides ex extrasensory or even precognitive insights. These brief, unfocused glimpses may be odd premonitions, flashes of empathy, or eerie feelings of foreboding. Um, expanded senses come at a price, however. Bright lights, loud noises, strong smells present a hazard. Oh. So it's like basically like putting on night vision goggles, I guess. Um, so I already, you know, you already have the sort of somewhat improved vampiric um, sensors or sensors, <laughs> <laughs> sensory apparatus, right? No. Uh, the other somewhat what? improved vampire senses, but then I, wow. as one, wait, what are your aspects at? One, one, just one. So you have you have heightened senses, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you don't have ancestors' vigilance. No, no, I don't have anything fancy like that. So I raise one of your five senses to superhuman levels. Yeah, no, I, I after, uh, like I said, I think I said this already. I'm gonna pretty much leave Fortitude at two, and then focus on getting my aspects up. Aspects. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> it's not even. It's not even like I'm choosing. It's like these malapropisms. <laughs> sensors instead As of senses. Aspects, aspects instead of aspects. <laughs> so you can check out I'm that having, movie. I'm having a stroke, everybody. No, don't. All right, so. All right, but see, if you get it up to five, you can go to psychic projection or spirit travel. Don't I know it? Okay. I can do all sorts of things. So, oh, I love an ear for lies, which is aspects two. Know when someone lies to you. That's an alternate aspects. Am I in the wrong? I mean... The, you're looking at the wiki, which gives you every version of the discipline ever presented in every version. So you have to you have to look at what... In the footnotes, it says, oh, V20 did went with this version. Heightened so, senses. Heightened senses. And then it also... And then it goes with aura perception. Aura perception. We'll which which I, I definitely want, because that's super handy. And then the spirits touch. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right, all right, all right. I but, but, no, the cool thing is that, like, we could work together if I if there was a variant discipline that I wanted... You know, with your permission, I can I can go for that instead. So yeah. it's, it's nice yeah. to have that resource there that no, gives you every version. No, it's helpful. Yeah, it's um, helpful. Anyway, so, okay. but as I was so saying... you were looking out the window? I have these heightened sensors. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking out the window, and I think, like, as we're traveling, you know, between Providence and Boston, it's, a it's not even the 1920s yet, it's the 19-teens. And, uh... Yeah. And, uh, basically, um... 19-teens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, basically, it's still, like, um, just, you know, little roads. I mean, they're not, you no, know, no, these aren't, like, highways. No, not know? at all. No. They're just, like, two-lane blacktop. Right. And uh, and then, you know, with uh, just very long expanses of rural countryside in between these tiny little dots of cities. Right. You know. Yeah. There aren't any suburbs yet. No. There aren't, you know. Right, right, right. <clears throat> um demographically <laughs> the uh, u.s population is going to reach parity between rural and rural uh, rural and rural god 
rural Just and urban yeah. populations mm-hmm. in the next decade. So, you yeah. know, it's so, still a lot of people living in the countryside. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's going to be like occasional cabins and, you yeah. know, farmhouses right. and that kind of thing. Right. But um, for the most part, it's just going to be like, you know, the countryside. Is it cloudy? Is it overcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's clouds, you know, traveling up. Um, there are definitely, you know, places that are, it's patchy. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So I figure that um, I'm looking out on these uh, bare woods and snow-covered fields yeah but with the overcast with the with the clouds overhead there's no there's no real moonlight coming down to to illuminate any of that Mm -mm. so normally it would be like pretty dark right wait a minute what (laughs) what so as we determined that um we determined that your um this all happened on your birthday mm-hmm. so um and that being the case it's january 8th mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so it's january 8th 1919 correct so it's a it's a first quarter moon okay so it's a half of a moon first quarter moon mm-hmm. okay the full moon's going to be on the 16th. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's how much illumination you got. But none of that matters because it's overcast. No, I said there's breaks and you can see some of the sky. Oh, the, the clouds are breaking up. Yeah, there's less of the storm. The storm hit Providence pretty hard, but mm-hmm. as you're driving north, it's breaking up more. So you're not actually getting as much clouds, gotcha. as many clouds. Okay. Okay. So not important. I like how, right? Ugh. Oh my god, we totally called it. It's like you know, well, we're not going to get into like these detailed weeds. Stupid. And it's like, how, what's the cloud cover like? I just want to. I mean, I want to make sure this is clear and that we're communicating the same. Of course, thing. of course. So, uh, anyways, I'm looking out on this countryside. Yes. It's not as okay. Normally, it would be pretty dark, even mm-hmm. with even where the clouds are breaking up and Definitely. the moon is shining down. Absolutely. It wouldn't be that light. No. But I'm noticing that, you know, I can see a lot more. I can see trees hmm. sharply defined. And then as we're, you know, as we're going along, I'm kind of finding that, like, if I sort of concentrate a little bit... Um, I start to I start to see more, mm. you know. So as you're like kind of focusing your eyes mm-hmm. on the landscape, and I think maybe at that point, because remember we we agreed that like her third eye doesn't appear unless she's using a discipline, mm. right? Yeah, but wouldn't that just be obia? Like, uh, we should establish that now. Is it obia or is it also aspects? No, it's just obia. Obia, learning obia causes the third eye to develop in the middle of one's forehead. Sure. Third eye is said to be, bestow sight beyond sight and enable the salubrity to see the threads of life and death around them. Now, uh, based on the fact that you are salubri, I'm looking at aspects. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to hit you until... Let me see here. I'm just looking really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um... Nope. And see the threads of life and death. So that would be that would definitely be sense vitality, which is uh, 
first level. Mm, what? Of Auspex? No, no, of Obia. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that you're using two disciplines at the same time? No, 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 no. Which no. I don't care. I mean... No, no. We're just... We're trying to establish when... how often that third no, eye uh, opens up. So... My question to you is, does it appear when I use Auspex as well as Obia or no. is it just Obia? It's just Obia. And so I was just quoting what you just read, which was, I can see this, the threads of life and death around me. Through so, Obia. Yes. Through Obia, which is sense vitality. So right. I, was, I was agreeing with you. I was okay. saying that, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because mm-hmm. if I'm using sense vitality, mm-hmm. then yieldy third eye pops open and... Hey. Are you doing that right now? No, I'm not. Okay. No. All right, just checking. Because my question was, as I'm invoking my level one aspects here... Is my third eye going to open up like in the car? You know, um, and no, no is the answer. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's, I say all that to say the car ride is largely spent with me staring in wonder mm. out the window. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, uh, not only can I see things a lot better now at night in general, but I'm like experimenting. It's like, oh wow, you know, like I can see things better. I can hear things better. You know, yeah. So you can hear like the 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 crunching of the mm-hmm. ice on the road much more distinctly. Mm-hmm. Everything's sharper. Whistling of the wind through the. You can hear the cars. two people in front of you breathing. Oh. You can almost hear their. You can almost hear their pumping. pulses. Uh-huh. Yeah, you can almost hear their pulse. Yeah, their yeah. heartbeat. Yeah. Um, you're hearing some nocturnal birds mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um owls and, and even like their victims you know <laughs> ah! yeah <laughs> you can hear wolves yeah too not yeah. in boston but you know when you're in the more countryside area you can hear uh, wolves calling to uh, each other okay. so this is what you're sensing and um lucille dr freeman puts her hand on your back and says, like, it's a totally different world. So I'll turn back and be like, yeah. I'm, like, excited. You know? Yeah, it is exciting. How am I feeling? I mean, how much blood did she give me? So, okay, so here's what we're going to talk <laughs> about, too, because we question. wanted to touch upon the fact that... Yes. So in my for my salubri, for this chronicle, mm. I'm wanting that the salubri blood has healing properties that... Um, just like Nosferatu can turn you into a monstrosity, the salubri blood has the ability to heal you. Mm-hmm. So even if you were all wan and circles under your eyes, you know, cracked lips, you're not going to look like that. You look like your most ideal healed self of a 13-year-old. When, when you drink salubri blood. When you drink salubri blood. Okay. And you're getting turned. Yeah. The vitae has the normal, usual vitae effects. It's a uh-huh. little bit more powerful in terms of like healing illnesses and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But when you get turned, it's like, it's like you're completely healed and you're restored to your most ideal state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you look fine. Mm-hmm. She gave you a fair amount mm-hmm. um, of vitae. So... Yeah, I guess we could mark that down in terms of how many blood pool, blood pool points you have. Yeah. I remember in the old vampire, it was like, the one dice roll you make in uh, during the prelude what? is to see how much blood you start with. So I could do it that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I'd roll a one. <laughs> no. No. <That laughs> you makes... don't want me frenzying out in the car. 
Well, I just don't think it's your humanity is pretty high, so yeah, you're not going to necessarily frenzy. So I think during the car trip, um, she'll feed you a little bit more blood because mm-hmm. you might be feeling this. It's a strange feeling of hunger and thirst combined, mm-hmm. and this other kind of feeling that you want something, like you okay. desire something. Okay. As a 13 year old, in terms of your appetites, like I don't think you really understand no. what appetites are. No. Um, like an adult might. Even adults really don't understand that, but. But you certainly, do you have an understanding of that or? I think it's more like. um, Like how does it feel to you? I was starting to understand that you could have more appetites than mere um, thirst or hunger. Mm. But it hadn't hadn't hit any points of like serious development yet. You know what I mean? It It was more like, it was more like impulses. Impulse. Impulses. Like you wanted to do something or, mm-hmm. or say something? Yeah. Yeah. So I was starting to feel like more emotional, right? Okay. More powerful emotions. Okay. Including, you know, um, being attracted to people for the first time ever, being like sort of turned on by things, but not in like an adult way. But you don't understand what that feels like. That's exactly it. It was like, you know, it was like just... Uh, yeah, the roller coaster ride was just beginning, let's just say. Right. So. Like that has a... That feels... That has a different feeling when that starts up. Mm-hmm. Um, some people may understand what it is, but I, I would say think... most adolescents don't understand what that is. No, and when and... it's happening, and then eventually, like, oh, yeah, that and makes then, sense. But particularly Charlotte, she her her aunts would never have talked to her about anything right, relating right, right. to puberty, yeah, whatsoever. So... Uh, and and um, you know, lit- literature of the time didn't really talk about no. it. Popular entertainment didn't talk about it. So So you think around, I mean, okay, I got to go back to different theories on sexuality and development. Here we go. So around age of 10, around the age of 10 is when your brain started to change. Like your Mm. brain started to get that first wash of hormones that Mm. say Mm -hmm. you're going to start puberty soon. Okay. Because you were a normal child, Mm -hmm. um, a normal, just like you had the standard, you know, puberty cycle. Okay. Um, and so that's when your brain gets awash with things. So that's when you start noticing things. You still have like your child body. Right. But you're noticing things that you weren't noticing before. Yes. And then. It's the creepiest part of puberty. It's the weirdest part. Because you're like, <laughs> why am I obsessed with that person's eyelashes? Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. why am I, why do I want to be near this person? Like, uh-huh. I don't understand that. Why? Um, yeah. Why am I starting to perv out on things? But you're not really proving out. You're just kind of like really fixated on. Yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Which is similar to the celebrity condition because you get easily fixated on not like Toreador. Yeah. But celebrity also has that kind of focus where you're like mm. really focused on something, mm. like like her desire to pick up things and to really examine them. Like I think that's also like a celebrity. Or to look at like dying people in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be an object. It can be anything. But there is this, um, you know, focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So. So then from 11 to about 13 is when your body would probably start to do some initial changes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but not fully no. in any way. And you weren't menstruating or anything like no, that. No, right. We established But you were she's... feeling like sexual desire, but yeah. you don't know what it is. And you don't know what that really feels like. You're just like, why does my stomach feel weird? Her... That's the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. The way, I'm, the way I'm seeing it is like her initial sort of, you know, changes are manifested as uh, growth spurts. Tall height. So so she's she's tall and and, and spindly, mm-hmm. beanpole. Yeah, you know, and then um, like mental uh, or emotional changes were happening. Yeah, okay. and then the physical changes would have probably kicked in this year yeah. and then gone over the next like three years <sighs> or so. So then she would have started filling out a little bit more and like you know all that stuff. Mm. But 
tis not to be. Right. So okay. she's permanently frozen on the very precipice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Which some people might exploit, which is gross. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to touch on that a little bit, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. So. Trigger warning. But anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. creepy. So bearing in mind all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll handle it with utmost diligence and discretion. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like. <laughs> it's a little more challenging. It is. Uh, it is. Which is good. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. and, and I want the, the, you know, my goal here is like with many salubrities that she's going to have a lot of allies. She's going to have a Definitely. lot of people helping her out. Oh, yeah, yeah, Looking yeah. out for It's not going to be like Aaron where he was like this poor little, <laughs> you know, poor little guppy swimming in a, in a giant ocean of sharks, you know. Like, I, she's definitely going to surround herself with people who are going to want to help her and protect oh, yeah. her. So, oh, I have a cast of characters. But worry. there's still going to be people, yeah, trying to, want to exploit. predate on her. So. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. All right. So, um, so she tells you it's a whole... New world. It's a whole new world. And uh, just open your eyes, mm-hmm. etc. Just take musical it all in. number ensues. No. <laughs> <laughs> so just take it all in, and um, and yeah, and so okay, so you're driving up, driving further up. So you're passing Boston at this point. Mm-hmm. You're getting away from whatever city lights, small amount of city lights that are there. Yeah. And there's a, I'm sure there's a fair amount actually by 1919. In well, Boston. yeah, although, I mean, if you look at old city maps, it's fascinating because, like, the cities still very much are part of the, are, like, within their original Yeah, no, um, I'm not saying that. I'm just boundaries, saying it's but... the biggest city you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of, and you're driving down the main street. It's like and... that, that country song, The Streets of Baltimore, where, like, Baltimore is like, wow, this is such a huge city, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't stay in the city life, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, so but the... are we, are you driving through, well, we're driving, like, through Charlestown or? Uh, yeah. Like, kind of north within sight of it, within sight of Boston. I can see it out in the harbor. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I think that's probably where I learned the hard way that when I kick in my advanced my you know senses, uh, it can really hurt if things are too bright. Oh. You know, I think like each one of those lights in the oh. city is like a burning pinpoint of fire. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. ah. You know. Oh, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. No, probably just more like, and like blinking. Like, like whoa. <laughs> right. Heavy. So when Dr. Freeman sees that you're kind of flagging a little or whatever, she'll feed you a little bit more blood. Mm-hmm. And, um. So, you know, like, as, as things kind of get, um, a little more normalized, you know, and I'm sort of adjusting to just being in this new state of existence, I think, like, maybe the first couple times she gives me blood, it's like, cool you know like i don't even think about it because it's just like i need it mm-hmm. you know like what we're talking about with appetites and impulses you know it's just like yes i will take this thank you you know but uh at some point north of boston i think it's going to kind of occur to me how weird this is mm. you know yeah and i already asked her if i was dead yeah, and I said in a manner of speaking <laughs> or i i mean dr freeman said in <laughs> i dr freeman <laughs> There is no boundary between Desiree Sorry. and Dr. Freeman. So, um, <laughs> that's good you're inhabiting your characters. I always do. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, so uh, as I, as I kind of like detach, mm-hmm. you know, uh, off that, that particular round of feeding and I'm licking my lips and savoring the taste mm-hmm. in a way that I never thought possible, Yeah. you know, for a, um, you know, for blood. Right. I'm just going to look up at her and I'll just be like, 
Why, why am I drinking your blood? Do I have to keep doing this? Well, not just for, not just for me. You can find people who would be willing to give it to you. Really? Mm-hmm. And there are people who would be willing to. That seems strange. So then one of the, one of the people in the front turns around. Yeah. And it's a woman. Okay. And she's, um, has red hair. Hmm. And she... Uh-oh. <laughs> Wait, what? No, no! <laughs> <laughs> no! No! <laughs> no, Karen's not even a vampire yet at this point. Um, in 1919. Probably just about to be turned. I think it was in 23 or 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. All so right. she's just living her life in Germany. Uh, what is it? Gisela, Lily, Gisela, Gisela Schittenhouse. Schitten, Schitten Schittenhelmet or whatever. Schitten, Schittenhelm. Schittenhelm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Karen. All right. Uh, Damn it. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so she has red hair. Yeah. Freckles. Okay. And she's kind of plain, but she's not, you know, yeah. I mean, she's not like. Anyway, she turns around and yeah. she looks at you and she <laughs> Like all people uh, born at this time, I'm naturally suspicious of redheads. So, yeah. 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 So she turns around and and says to you, um, "Oh no, it's it's actually much more common than you think." Okay. My name's Emma. Oh, hi. <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How how do you do? <laughs> yeah, I work with Dr. Freeman. Oh. And we're we've been friends for a long time. Oh, okay. And this is Henry driving the driving the car. What does Henry look like? Henry is um, a shorter gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this like really old fashioned looking mustache. You can <laughs> right. see like kind of <laughs> big. Yeah, like in one of the mirrors, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's a shorter gentleman, mm-hmm. and he has um, and. Uh, he looks up in the rear view mm-hmm. back at you and yeah. says, how do you do? And he has like a southern kind of twang to his voice. Oh, yeah. And he's a little shorter. I was right. a little taller than him. Yeah. Not by much, though. But oh, wow. Okay. Anyway, he's slight. Um, he's uh, He has brown hair, mm-hmm. brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, think, I think Charlotte's probably a little more reserved around strange men. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Right, True. so just kind of like smile at him and mm-hmm. mumble a hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. So Doctor Freeman pats your hand comfortingly and yeah, <laughs> like so it's like kind of starting to sink it. Like I'm in a car with th- three. three total strangers. Yeah, like, like what the fuck? Drinking somebody's blood. Like yeah. the the surrealness of it is okay. Is sinking so, in. So yeah, or so should I say the dada ness of it is sinking in? Yeah, probably. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. So she, so Dr. Freeman turns and says, Charlotte, yeah, if you, if you find people who are willing to give you their blood, you can Uh drink it. Okay. Do I need to drink it all the time? Fairly regularly. You'll feel better if you drink more, but again, only with the permission of the person that you're drinking it from. That makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. So why do I need to drink blood? Well, um, in order to save your life, I, I had to turn you into someone like me. Someone like you? Mm-hmm. I knew you were different. Yeah. Hmm. 
So I'll just kind of go back to looking out the window. Okay. Because she's like about to start like really like waxing poetic on like what kindred are. Uh You see, once upon a time there was, and then like so she might start like that, and then and then you just turn. You're not really interested in. Yeah. Like, well, I need to process. It's for the best. This information. Yeah, yeah. It's for the the best that um, maybe we're not having that conversation now. Yes. So, um. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um. Yeah, so, so, you're making your way, and you feel like, um, as you're driving further north, um, you've definitely gotten out of Massachusetts. Okay. Seems different. A little, the landscape's a little different. Um, and it's quite a drive. It's been about four hours now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so Henry says, we're going to have to pull over. There's a there's a barn up here that I've looked at before, so we can stop there for the for the day. Okay. And Doctor Freeman says okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like yeah. You know. That's my <laughs> worst Southern accent ever. So anyway, um, <laughs> so he he pulls over into this like it looks like an abandoned farm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's n- no one around. Mm-hmm. The car pulls up, and um, you can see that. It's still pretty dark in the sky, but at the very, very edges of the landscape of the horizon, you're seeing a slight lightning. Mm-hmm. Does that make me nervous? You, Unaccountably nervous? You're suddenly feeling this this itchy feeling. Mm-hmm. And the first time you're feeling a sense of fear or mm-hmm. dread. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Freeman just ushers you into the barn. <laughs> let's go, <clears throat> let's go, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, So she ushers you into the barn. Mm-hmm. You see that um, it has, um, it actually has um, a wooden floor, hmm. and under it there's a trap. There's a tra- oh, sorry. There's Whoa. a trap door on the um, on the floor. So uh-huh. she opens it. Yep. And it goes down to a root cellar. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. So there's no animals in the barn. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's just a storage sure. place for storage. More like a giant, a large shed. Yeah. Uh huh. And so down into the cellar you go. Okay. And you'll see that um, Emma and Henry are following you. Mm-hmm. And they come down and um, Henry says, I'll stay up here. I'll be sleeping up here. So you don't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Freeman says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Henry. And they close. he closes the cellar door. Okay. So <clears throat> Emma has a lantern. That she's turned on, and um, she sees. You see, there she has a handful of blankets, and there's some cots actually in the cellar. Hmm. So um, there's three of them. Oh, wow. And so you all pick where you want to sleep, mm-hmm. and um, curl up in that blanket. Get a blanket, even though you feel like you don't need it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it just feels comforting somehow. Okay. Um, and then before you know it, your eyes feel very heavy. Mm-hmm. More and, tired than I've ever felt before. Mm-hmm, and you drift off to sleep. Okay. So, <clears throat> let's see here. I was telling you about the nightmares, not nightmares, but dreams you were having, vivid dreams mm-hmm. of, um, um, since you had some of Dr. Freeman's blood. Yes. Well, you have another one. And this one is, it actually features Henry. 
Ooh. who you now recognize as someone. So you see him and he is an extraordinary pain mm. and he's on a cot mm. and he's just screaming out in pain, agony. He's wearing um, just a chemise. There's a whole bunch of other men all around him who are also just ag- in agony. Mm-hmm. He's wearing, um, you can see other men in uniforms and they're like a dark navy blue. Mm-hmm. And you see people rushing around trying to assist and help all of these soldiers. Um, he's losing a lot of blood. And you're seeing this all from your perspective. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're working on you're working on him mm-hmm. and you're trying to suture up his wounds, mm-hmm. trying to remove the bullets from his stomach. Mm-hmm. And it he just won't stop bleeding. Mm-hmm. He just won't stop. Mm-hmm. And you feel a sense of panic. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be able to help him. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at you with fear you've never seen before maybe in your aunt's eyes Mm -hmm, you've mm -hmm. seen that level of fear Mm -hmm. and he's clutching to your arm and saying you have to you have to save me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um and then you're kind of looking around the tent where you're in you're inside of this large tent Mm -hmm. medical tent Mm -hmm. you're just hearing all the moans and cries of the men and then your eyes open you're mm-hmm. back in the root cellar. Mm-hmm. And you hear Emma and Dr. Freeman moving around mm-hmm. a little bit, and you, you're you awake now. Okay. So they're kind of folding things up, straightening things. Mm-hmm. Dr. Freeman um, comes to you. It's a kind of a larger, you know, it's like a larger space. Yeah. And she comes and she whispers in your ear and she says, you can ask Emma if she'll give you some of her blood. Okay. So. So I get up. Mm-hmm. I imagine I'm still in my my hospital gown and everything. Well, you have like a little sweater. Like yeah. you have like like actually big sweater, <laughs> like this wool sweater that uh, they had and some socks. Yeah, yeah. That they gave you. Yeah. But you're kind of you really don't. I mean, you're not feeling cold. No, no, no. But it's just an interesting thought. You know, yeah. I mean, this yeah, yeah, yeah. You still are. So I'll, uh, and you know the, the gown itself still has these sort of remnants of you know my mortal life like it's sweat stained yeah you know it's a little funky weird and and suddenly it's like smelling somebody else's funky laundry you know it's like you kind of you're used to your own funk usually yeah you know unless you catch a particularly virulent whiff but uh You get you like when you're sick, you're kind you're of sick. used to your own funkiness. And then someone then, else walks in the room and goes, Oh, oh my God. I'm gonna open a window. La 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 you yeah. know, like <laughs> Or if you're doing laundry and like after yeah. you've been sick and your body is kind of right. expressed whatever nastiness Sweated or, it out. and yeah. medicine and mm-hmm. medications you've been taking and whatever that's had. It just has that you're just like, Oh my weird god. Bouquet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm uh, like suddenly aware, especially mm. with my heightened senses, of uh <laughs> of yeah, this this just this odor that's clinging to the nightgown and it's not just that it's like oh it's funky but it's like i sense that it's belonging to some other incarnation mm. of me you know it's like mean? your snake skin that's you need uh, to share yeah exactly basically you're molting <laughs> so but i'll go over to emma and i'll just <laughs> have my hands clasped 
behind my back like I'm asking for candy or something, oh, you know. Okay. Just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just be like, Miss Emma, um, can I have some of your blood, please? And so she looks at Dr. Freeman and she kind of smiles a little bit and says, of course. All right. So I, I kind of look at Dr. Freeman because Dr. Freeman's just been opening her her veins herself. Mm-hmm. So I look at her kind of confusedly like, well, I know I do now. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. And so Dr. Freeman kind of realizes um, in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so she looks, she's like, wait a minute, come here. Yeah. And so do you, uh-huh. okay. And so she kind of like, open your mouth. <clears throat> ah. And she notices that you don't have fangs. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have any pronounced yeah. anything. Like she's probably saying like, think about, think about drinking blood. I think about exactly, it. Yeah. And then it's normally like the fangs go, yeah. you know, but it's, but it's just not, nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's testing. She's uh-huh. like kind of touching your teeth and, uh-huh. and she, so yeah, she said something like that. Like, okay, yeah. imagine you want it like, like your favorite thing to drink or eat. Mm. Just think of it. Mm-hmm. Like you're so hungry. Mm-hmm. And so, cause <laughs> ah, you can hear ah, during ah. this, you can hear like Emma's pulse. Like you can oh, hear yeah. her heartbeat. You uh-huh. can hear the blood pulsing in her body and it's doing nothing. Like you're not feeling any different. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean like I, I want it, uh-huh. but it's not, but it's, it's not having a physical. Nothing's happening expression. physically to yeah, you. Yeah. So she looks at your hands, like your nails, uh-huh. you know, and it's just like you look have normal hands. Uh huh. And so she's like, like this. So she, so she like closes her eyes mm-hmm. and thinks, and then her nails suddenly grow mm. and they look sharper, shiny, mm. like they could do some damage yeah. and her teeth. And she's like, see, and uh-huh. like her, her canine become more pronounced on top and bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Sharp. Yeah. Look, they look sharp. Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll actually take a step back at that. Cause I mean like <laughs> the drinking blood thing and her you know, eyes, her eyes kind of glow with from within uh-huh. a little bit. So the blood drinking, you know, whatever kids get in all kinds of crazy shit, you know, <laughs> but this is like an appearance. Like this is, a, this she's is looked, a, she's, if there's one thing children are terrified of, it's of a person who looks one way, suddenly taking on an, a monstrous total Bilbo. Yes. The, exactly. The Bilbo, uh, face change. Su- suddenly taking on a monstrous aspect, mm-hmm. you know, it's scary. Yeah. It's like all those children's books are like my my gym teacher's a zombie and yeah, all those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, yeah, I'll vampires actually. Vampires don't teach gym class. Oh god, <laughs> books. Gnomes don't gnomes? run a summer camp. What? No wait, there's not one about gnomes. <laughs> I think there is one about gnomes. Are you serious? I think so. Wow, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. What monster haven't we done yet? Uh, I don't know, Penangalans. Okay, <laughs> Penangalans don't teach algebra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bigfoots don't go to the beach. Alright, so anyway. Um <laughs> So so when you so what do you do? How do you react? Uh, yeah, no, I'm 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 scared. Uh I, I take a step or two back, my okay. eyes widening so, in fear. So Emma's right behind you. Yeah. And she says it's okay. Now I'll be aware of vampires at this point, thanks to uh the works of one Brahms Stoker yeah. and uh, perhaps others. But certainly I think the theatrical production was actually running at this point, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I think it ran yeah. in the teens. Yeah. So it was it was already kind of a pop cultural phenomenon. Yeah. So I'll just be like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, an Aaron moment. Yeah. Wait a You're minute. You're a vampire? And so she just Sheepishly nods, yes. <laughs> and now you're one too. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, 
why can't I do what you just did? Well, so she very cautiously will take your hands in hers. And I'll let her. Okay. She's like, I didn't mean to scare you, but this is a good thing. However, it does make your drinking situation a little more difficult. Mm. Um, but it's a good thing. It means that you can... Anyway, there's some larger lessons we're going to be talking about, but this means that you can overcome what you are now um, inhabiting. These are lofty things to yeah, say to I'm a 13-year-old. Like, so in the mean, but in the meantime, mm-hmm. I'll explain more later, but in the meantime, so she pulls out of her one of her pockets like a little knife. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, pet you knife. Can, you can use this. Okay. And I'll show you how to how to go into her vein okay and emma i mean emma so emma's like totally like this is let's do this this is normal yeah so so dr freeman shows you Mm -hmm. and emma i mean in exchange for vitae Mm -hmm. so emma's sitting on one of the cots Mm -hmm. so she's sitting between you two okay and so Dr. Freeman takes one of her wrists mm-hmm. and she knows where to lacerate her mm-hmm. and where the vein and where the blood comes up. She's mm-hmm. like, see, if you cut her here, it's not, nothing's going to happen. But if mm-hmm. you cut, so she's like, yeah, yeah. detailing cut, cut this. here, not here. Right. So she hands you the little knife. Okay. So, um, with, uh. You know, with a sort of determined look, <laughs> sort of, you know, pinching my pinching my tongue between my teeth. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I'll, I'll take the knife and, you know, I've never, I don't think I've even ever like helped out with butchering animals or, pre- mm. you know, preparing chickens. Cause, you know, we always had like, it's not like we were like you millionaires, cooks. but we had cooks and, yeah. and yeah. you know, maids and, mm-hmm. People who would basically do that. So I've seen other people like dressing a chicken, getting it ready, you know, pulling the feathers out, Mm -hmm. you know, cutting the head off and that kind of thing. But I've never personally done it. Right. And certainly not to something living. Right. You know, but I'll give it a shot. Plunge the blade in. You hear Emma gasp slightly. Yeah. Sorry. Take the blade out. Okay. And then as soon as that sweet, sweet crimson mm-hmm. starts flowing, it's like, oh, oh you yeah. know? <laughs> Again, like all the room, all the light in the room that's available is lighting up this blood. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, <laughs> oh. yeah, you're focused like a CGI effect around the blood. Basically, yeah. It's like, it just, everything lights it up because it's like your main focus. So, nice. so you start drinking mm-hmm. and you keep drinking. Mm-hmm. What's your self-control? Oh, dude, it's four. It's freaking four. Roll your self-control. Ooh, oh, we're getting into... A little bit. Ah, ah. All right, so... <laughs> hey, where's your... Uh... I didn't I didn't get it because I didn't think we needed it. Do you want me to get them? No, 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 that's fine. Uh, here, I got 2d10 right here. I'll just okay. roll twice. Ooh, sweet. Uh, two successes. Two successes. Okay. So you, even though you want to keep drinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you... Pull yourself away. It's yes. a tremendous act of self-control for a 13-year-old vampire. Well, you know, I'm a good one. And so you... She's still bleeding. <laughs> so let me just... Hold on. What do I have here? I have um, healing touch. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> so at that point, um, yeah, I'm just going to like... So give yourself... Actually, give yourself one blood point. Sure, sure. Wait, where where was I at? 
Where were you at? You rolled it, right? Didn't yeah, you? I rolled a one, and then you kind of discounted that. Oh, I so. did. Um, so you were at three <laughs> yeah. before, so now you're at three still. So you had erased one because the night had passed, and okay. so now you're at three. And three is good. If I'm remembering correctly, the hunger threshold is ten minus your humanity. Yeah. So my humanity is eight, so my hunger threshold is only two. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so you're feeling satisfied. Yeah, but... yeah. And then... Um, it just takes the edge off. Uh, and then, so, uh, you know, I see that she's still bleeding, so yeah. I put my hand, just, you know, reflexively. Yeah. Like, I put like, my hand oh. over her wrist, like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And then as I take my hand away, there's no wound. Oh. So, Dr. Freeman's like, well. <laughs> oh, shit. And Emma, wait, let me check here. Where is that? What is that again? It's healing touch. It's a, uh, it's, it's a merit. It's just basically, like, I can heal my uh bite wounds with with my touch rather yeah, than no. by having to lick it i know that oh yeah. it's just a merit you can do it's that. a merit so it's okay so yeah. does it offer any like emotional or phys- mental no I don't no just physical so. comfort it's just like you can use your fingers instead of your tongue okay so okay. it's a little less creepy and obvious i guess okay so yeah. um so emma she's like she looks a little wan <laughs> <laughs> but she opens her eyes and she smiles at you and says thank you Mm-hmm. And um, and then she turns to Dr. Freeman. And then you see Dr. Freeman, like, you know, cut her wrist and give her blood to mm-hmm. Emma. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then Emma looks much better. Okay. <laughs> so all the wounds get closed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're feeling much better. You notice that you feel. Yeah. You're feeling like, woo. Yeah. Like a little boost. Uh-huh. Um, and so suddenly there's a knock at the top of the cellar door mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, it, and then you hear henry's voice like are y'all ready to go mm-hmm. i'm like yeah so everybody emma dr freeman and you pull up you know i mean you push up the cellar door you bring mm-hmm. up your blankets and any other things and mm-hmm. and so before you you head up the stairs mm-hmm. henry is very kindly offering a hand to all the ladies as they <laughs> are leaving the cellars and you're just kind of standing in the barn and Dr. Freeman's talking to Henry mm-hmm. and he gives her a little package. It's like this thing wrapped in paper. Ooh, I'm mysterious. Mm-hmm. And so then Ooh, I like not having all the answers for once. All right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so Henry and Emma are talking and they're going to the car and they're loading up the car with whatever they need, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's they need to do there. And, um, Dr. Freeman approaches you and says, well, Charlotte, you don't have to spend the rest of your time on this trip wearing that gown. Um, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> so she opens up the brown paper package, and it's um, it's like a dress. Hmm. There's some tights, like some woolen mm-hmm. tights, mm-hmm. Um, some shoes, mm. and um, like a sweater, and like, like a wool pea coat. Yes, sure. So And a little hat. Mm-hmm. A little, little floppy hat. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. floppy hat. Yeah. And so she's like, you can go change over there. So there's like a little stall that was mm-hmm. like a little abandoned stall. Okay. So she gives you the clothing. and. All right. All right. So, yep, do that. <laughs> Gladly leave behind my, my soiled hospital uh, clothes. Mm-hmm. And... So Dr. Freeman takes those mm-hmm. and puts them in the brown paper mm-hmm. and wraps them up and puts them in like her valise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. All right. So you load up into the vehicle again. Yep. Ready to go. So it's nice and dark. Mm-hmm. All's well. Yep. The moon is slowly coming up. Mm-hmm. And you're making your way further north. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you are a couple hours go by and you're in Concord, New Hampshire. Okay. And um, it's a very, very, very small town mm-hmm. driving through. Okay. Is this where the grapes come from? No. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. No, probably not. I don't, don't think Don't think so. they grow a lot of grapes in New Hampshire. No. Um, and so you're making your way through. So that's when Dr. Freeman starts to talk to you about kindred and being a vampire. And yes, we are vampires, but mm-hmm. we are we're a different kind we're, of vampires. We're, we're yeah. a very specific type. And I chose you because you bear all the signs of someone who would succeed very well in this particular clan. So she tells you about clans. She tells you about um, the sun. And did you feel weird when mm. you felt the sun was coming up? So she tells you about that. Fuck the sun. Long live the fucking beast. <laughs> and um, she tells you more about blood and how it's really important that you ask permission from someone if okay. you are going to drink their blood. Henry and Emma know us, and mm. they are here. They're our friends, and they're here to um, help us. Okay. And they understand what's happening with us, but not everyone's going to be so understanding. So you have to choose the people you want to drink blood from very carefully. And you'll learn that over time. So she tells you about, she just tells you kind of just more benign general things. And so before you know it, you are pulling into this other really tiny town and you're driving toward one of the homes, a house mm-hmm. in the town. Okay. And um, you're still in New Hampshire. Mm. And you've gone through a bit of the mount, bit of the mountains too. Yeah, to the hills. very mountainous, mm-hmm. very mountainous. Um, and the mountain looks white in, mm-hmm. in whatever is more of the moonlight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's very white, very stark. Mm-hmm. A lot of, um, just a landscape you've never yeah. experienced before. On maritime, baby. That's right. And now you're in the mountains. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. I'll just be thinking about, you know, I've read a lot of, uh, <clears throat> kind of early American literature. So I'm just thinking about all the. James Fenimore Cooper and, you mm. know, um, yeah. related genre stories of that nature with mm-hmm. the wild hills of, of yeah. the Appalachians, and, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. the dark forests and stuff. So yeah. it's actually very uh, romantic yeah. in a lot of ways. Definitely. So you pull up um, to, you pull up, um, yeah, that's funny. Um <laughs> Sorry. What's that? No, I'm just looking at things and kind of tripping out on geography. Um, So, yeah. So, you're pulling up, and there's a little sign Mm -hmm. in the town as you're driving in. It says Berlin, New Hampshire. You're kidding. (laughs) And, um, and yeah, this is your town. Clever duck, you. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, you also see there's a little underneath Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it says the city the trees built. Hmm. Okay. And um, 
That's, so. In a world of darkness context, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It's I like, know. did the trees literally come alive and build this town? <laughs> so does Charlotte think that? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm starting to see this is why preludes are great, because it kind of helps you flesh your character out mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm starting to starting to realize that she would definitely, she's of the age, mm-hmm. both in terms of her own temporal years and the age that she grew up in. Mm-hmm. She's of the age to be very prone to, like, romantic flights of fancy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is yeah. the golden age of children's book illustrations yeah, and that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. Arthur Rackham and yeah. all those. The, you know, NCYF and whatnot. Um, so she's been raised on a pretty, pretty steady diet of like, you know, romance and not like Harlequin romance, but like the romance, yeah. you know, romantic yeah. fiction. Yeah. And um, high adventure mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, probably has a appreciation for like the late Victorian poets, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh uh, Tennyson, you know, mm-hmm. and that yeah. kind of stuff, you know, and so, definitely. so yeah, I think she's definitely prone to like um, these kind of flights of fancy, as I say. Yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, so she kind of like, even though she's old enough to know that, you know, that's a a metaphor. Yeah. You know, it's just like. Oh. Although, I recall we really didn't tackle metaphor and simile in class until like high school, so. <laughs> Just like, literally? Yeah, right. Yeah, like there's this part of her that's like, literally? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So I'll, I'll ask Dr. Freeman, like, where are we? Well, we're in uh, Berlin, New Hampshire. This is our new home. Really? Mm-hmm. Why can't we stay in Providence? It wasn't an ideal situation. That's also where you got very sick. Oh. This will be better. There's less people here. Are you telling people I'm dead? Nobody really knows your whereabouts, Charlotte. Unless you want to be found. No, I don't. But can you make sure all my animals get a good home? (laughs) Don't make me cry while I'm storytelling. (laughs) Cue up Whitney Houston. Uh All right. So she says, um, I left a note. I remember you mentioning your animals. Mm -hmm. I left a note for your aunts saying that I'm serious. Mm -hmm. She's telling the truth. Do you want to use aspects on your? Yeah, let me. Can I roll psychology and see if she's telling the truth? (laughs) No, but she's like, I left a letter for your aunts. Essentially, she forged forged your writing. Mm. And, um,. And basically said, like, please take care of my animals mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. I go away. Mm-hmm. Like, really pointing at that. Wrote, she just wrote with her left hand, so it looked like I was really sick when I wrote the letter. <laughs> well, uh, no. Uh, Dr. Freeman has a lot of skills that... Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, oh, a little a little subterfuge, a little... Um, um, maybe. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she says, I left a note for your aunts about your animals. Okay. Because I know you cared about them very much. So you're talking about this as you're unloading the car in front of this new house. So it's this uh, large three-story... Uh, yeah, it's very nice. Kind of townhouse, really. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. country house. It's a country house. Yeah, not, obviously it's not more, a townhouse. Yeah, it's more of on the fringes of the, of the town. Of the town. It's large. It's very nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks new, mm-hmm. newly mm-hmm. built. 
Mm. Um, also, as you're looking into the town, oh, never mind, never mind. Sorry, I'm jumping. I want to like cover all the details at once, making sure mm. I don't forget everything. But I'll oh, be, it'll yeah. be fine. I just have to let things unfold. Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> and if you forget anything today, you can always cover it in flashback later. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so then, um, so you're unloading the vehicle, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so you're at this new home. Okay. And it's, again, it's like, it is a large country home. It has a porch. Um, it's three stories. You can see there's gables. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very well, I mean, it's newly built. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a gravel road um, where you can park the vehicle. And mm-hmm. It's um, surrounded by trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as you're st- standing outside the house looking at it, Emma and Henry are already in the house, and you're seeing light- lamps are being turned on. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so Dr. Freeman says, do you want to look around the, the house? Yeah. I can show you where your bedroom is. Okay. All right. So she takes your hand and mm-hmm. you walk into the home. All right. So she shows you. So this is a home that you become very familiar with over the next. Um, <laughs> this would be the, the fade out and then we fade back in. We'll fade know, back in. Yeah. But we'll, we'll fade back in a couple years. Um, okay. Right. And. So the house is still being maintained. So at this point, it's 1927. Okay. Um, so eight years have passed. Mm-hmm. Emma and Henry are still with you. Okay. And they haven't aged a bit. Mm-mm. Mm. The house has been developed where there's a little plot, like a garden, a little plot for to grow vegetables and sure you know chicken coop. herbs yeah chicken coop, chicken and, coop. Uh, there's yeah. other yeah so yeah there's chickens um mm-hmm. there's um yeah so the home is is comfortable you have like a whole attic you know floor to yourself you're up in the attic yeah you know you got me that's what i was gonna say so yeah you're up in the attic i do and there's it's just shelves and shelves of books yes tons of books like almost every week you're getting books Mm -hmm. um and yeah the series catalog actually has a very extensive uh book section Mm. yeah yeah so you're mail ordering a lot of books yeah they're being brought to the home Mm -hmm. all different types Mm mm-hmm you have like children's books, you have other books, anything you're interested in. Lucille is happy to have you read. Look I like about Lucille. Oh, yeah. Dr. Freeman. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so eventually you start calling her Lucille. Lucille. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. I imagine also uh, being uh, somewhat proximate to the town um, that some animals have made their way into the house. Oh, yeah. So Maybe a couple cats. A couple cats. You have some kitties. There's a, um, yeah, there's a little black kitten. Mm-hmm. And um, he makes an appearance one day. He just shows up. <laughs> Name Blackjack. I don't know, whatever you want to name him, but he's a little black kitten. All right. I'll name him Blackjack in honor of certain he has little yellow hugely eyes. traumatic events, apparently. That are <laughs> I recently. love out of all of the horror stuff we've done, everyone's the most offended by Blackjack's death. Not, most... not just the group, but our listeners, Everybody, too. Everybody, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, that's a, that's a bit too far, man. That's cold. <laughs> that's, that's the coldest of lunches. It is. Um... So, yeah. So you have a little black kitten. You have a little calico cat, Mm -hmm. mama cat. Mm -hmm. And she has kittens, and you kind of take care of those kittens. And um, I think maybe I've I've kind of semi tamed a local uh, raven. 
Mm. You know. So you have a little windowsill yeah, exactly. that's not facing the town. It's facing the forest. Right. And you might have a little little sanctuary for the raven to exactly. come and you've attracted it to your window. Mm-hmm. Also, I would say owl. An owl. Ooh. Actually, that would be a little bit more. You're right. Because ravens aren't really nocturnal. No, no. They're super. Okay. We'll go with owl. That's yeah. fine. So there's a couple owls that you tend mm-hmm. to. and They nest out on the on the eve in between mm-hmm. the the peak of the roof and then the, mm-hmm. the little... Uh, you know, um, extension, mm-hmm. you the know, sill. the sill. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. and then, yeah. So, so you take care of them. Mm-hmm. You have some little rat, rat, ratties. You like, <laughs> you know, you like having rats mm-hmm. and, um, you take care of them all. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you might even befriend some of the skunks too. <laughs> some of the local skunk population. Uh-huh. Like they just kind of hang out and you're not afraid of them and they're not yeah. afraid of you. you so, animals really like you. Mm-hmm. So has uh, has uh, Lucille put down any ground rules in terms of wandering around at night? So she says that within reason. She trusts mm-hmm. you, unlike mm-hmm. your aunts. Yeah, yeah. She trusts you. And in fact, one of the, the summers, 1920, it says 1927. Okay, so we pick it up again. Mm-hmm. One summer, mm-hmm. you notice that there's a lot of... <laughs> Wait a minute, that's hilarious. Because there's that Bill Bryson book, One Summer, 1927. Really? So you just said One Summer, and he says 1927, One Summer. Oh, that's weird. Kind of funny. Okay. Anyway, channeling that. All right. Go on. So, yes. Um, as you're walking around town, mm-hmm. like you're known to, people know you. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have gotten to know you. Okay. It's been eight years, though. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was, maybe uh, it's only recently that I've started going down into town. Okay. You know? Yeah, that's a good yeah. pun. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, 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 I could see Lucia like me for the first couple of years being like, please don't leave the house. And then like a little bit after that's like, okay, you can leave the house, but don't go into town. And then it's like, you know, maybe a year ago, it's like, all right, you can start going into town now. It's okay. Right, right, right. Because um, has she given me any sort of dark hints in the last eight years about anything I should be particularly afraid of? So she's... So, or is yeah. it just like, she just seems very protective? No, it's... um. Just one second here. I'm mm-hmm. trying to... I'm bombarding you with questions. No, it's Apologize. good. I have answers for all of these. I just got I got distracted by something. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so over the past eight years, she mm-hmm. has warned you. Yeah. Do not get near fire. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. The one thing that can harm you, besides sunlight and fire, are wooden stakes. Mm-hmm. If someone puts a stake through your heart, it will leave you unconscious, but you will still be able to feel things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really awful, but it's a tool used to immobilize you mm-hmm. and someone could carry you away. And I wouldn't want that to happen to you, my child. Mm-hmm. So she's told you about that. Mm-hmm. She's also told you because you don't have, you know, nails or teeth like me, it's harder for you to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. So over time, what have you developed to, um, cause you can't just use Dr. Freeman's pen knife forever. Well, no. <clears throat> I, uh, very shortly after arriving, I would have requested of Henry to drive back to Providence at his convenience mm. and uh, get my uh, get a couple things for me that were left behind. Okay. And um, one of those initially would have, I mean, I asked for it out of um, a sense of wanting to have something to hold on to for my previous life. Mm-hmm. But one of those things was my father's shaving kit. Mm. 
And so um, since then, I have, you know, realized that the straight razor in that shaving kit is a very handy tool because okay. it's super sharp. Okay. So it's even better than the pen knife because, you know, I found that I can make a cut without really the person even hmm. flinching, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I just carry that around with me all the time. Okay. You know, and um, yeah, mm-hmm. I just feel like I could okay. wield it. So Henry accommodated that and mm-hmm. he'll also let you know that your animals are okay. Very good. All right. How he got that, that's a story for another day. <laughs> but, um, so one... Very well. I won't execute you tomorrow. <laughs> so one evening, uh-huh. um, you head down to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what, that's what Lucille Freeman has told you. Okay. All right. So one fine summer evening, 1927, mm-hmm. I'm heading down You're into... heading down into town. Berlin. Now, usually things close up, mm-hmm. um... But you also have noticed over time in terms of the town, because you've snuck off by yourself to just, like, be there when everyone's sleeping. Mm-hmm. So you notice that there's actually signs that are also in French, um, as mm. well as um, English. Wow. So um, <laughs> as, you've, as you've determined and you've deciphered, because you also are using the newspapers for, mm-hmm. you also read the newspapers in town, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. to keep up on where you're living. Mm-hmm. But you notice that there's um, a variant... Um, of New England French, known as Berlin French. You gotta be kidding me. And because it's, um, there's a large number of people of French Canadian descent in the population. That makes sense. So, because of that, uh-huh. you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what that story is. I know what this is. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you feel. <laughs> Chocolatier. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Womp womp. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so you're making your way through town, mm-hmm. and you notice there's more of a commotion. It's a beautiful summer night. Okay. There's essentially a lot of um, commotion. There's trucks. There's lights that are really like big lights. You've never seen anything like that before. Wow. Okay. There are people. People who aren't from Berlin. Yeah. yeah. Are are in town. There's um, this beautiful woman who's sitting in a chair, and you can see that they're putting makeup on her face and powdering her, and um, you are walking by these different trucks, and there's there's just, like, different books and stacks of books on top of tables, um, in addition to people who are, you know, putting cable, like, getting cables in the right area, they're setting the lights up, there's a camera. Hmm. It looks like a camera, but mm-hmm. it's unlike any camera you've ever seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it has to be a film camera. Right. Um, so you see different people running around doing things. They're setting up a scene in one of the shops. Mm. Hmm. And as you kind of explore that area a little bit more, you see that there is a script. And it says The Masked Menace. Mm. And um, screenplay. Yes. So, um, so you're just kind of walking around, observing. There's a film being made, being made in town. Mm-hmm. This is unlike anything you've ever seen. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different people around, and so um, there's suddenly a woman approaches you mm-hmm. and says, "Little girl, are you part of the movie?" Uh, no. Oh, well, what are you doing out at this late hour? Where are your parents? Oh, I just live up there. Oh. Near the, in the hills. Oh, 
Was it really loud? Like all of our commotion down here? Um, yeah, I was just curious. Okay, what well, was going on? Feel free to uh, walk around, but just don't get in that area over there because that's where they're filming. Okay. But yeah, you can check out what's going on, but you really should be home at this hour. Um, I'll, I'll go soon. Okay. All right. So she kind of smiles and pats you on the head <laughs> and um, she goes back into this like area where there's like some closets, like wardrobes and uh, uh-huh. she's looking at these clothes and she's arranging <clears throat> them on a hanger. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So that's what's happening in town tonight. Wow. Okay. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to hang around at least until they do a, at least until they do a shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Watch a scene mm-hmm. being done. So you're watching the directors talking to the performers. Mm-hmm. You see, you're kind of like looking in the shop window. You can see them mm-hmm. talking to him and nodding, and they're trying to like figure out what to do. You see all the guys getting the lights rigged up together, mm-hmm. uh, making it just look like like it, it's so bright. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see like a crystal ball sitting on a table. <laughs> Looks all mystical and strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, so you're watching, you're watching them set up the shot. So the director has his like this little, like cone that mm-hmm. he's speaking into, yeah. and he's talking to them like, yeah. all right. Yeah. So we're gonna do this once. We have, we have. This is episode three, so let's just keep the energy up. All right. Lights. Film. He's looking at the yeah. person who's running the the cinematographer. Yeah. And action. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you see the um, the woman and the man. They're like pretending to talk, and mm-hmm. they're actually talking they're out talking. loud. Yeah. yeah, and they're just like, "Well, what are we going to do?" Um, there's this um, this this villain who's in town, and and so the woman's looking very distraught, and mm-hmm. and he's wearing a mask, and it's just it's absolutely terrifying. I don't know what to do, and she looks very very mm-hmm. distraught, mm-hmm. and um, and she's just wearing a ton of makeup. Yeah, there, right? ton of makeup. Like it's like these weird colors that yeah. like don't look normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she's conveying this feeling of terror and mm-hmm. feeling scared, and the man's like, "Oh, don't worry about it. It's all right. I will find this man." And he's you know pointing and dramatically. He's being yeah. very dramatic. Like I will find it in his hand. You know, clutches his heart. Ah, if it's the last thing I do, and blah, and he's saying all this stuff, and yeah. and so they're still like pretending. You know, they're pretending yeah. that there's this terrible person in town that's um and um and so the director's like, all right, all right. Um, so just imagine that you know, still face is knocking on your door. Right. He's still like giving. Face. He's giving them directions yeah, yeah, as yeah. they're. Yeah. And uh, okay, get a little closer to her. Yeah. And okay, touch her face and um, hold her hand, and then mm-hmm. you know, so he's just directing them through, through, through. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, cut, cut, cut. So then they stop, mm-hmm. and the, you see the actors like it's almost like like dolls. Mm-hmm. Like suddenly they're just like, oh. mm-hmm. like they stop mm-hmm. any of their performance, and mm-hmm. they're just standing there. <laughs> So you see the makeup Sir artist. Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Gandalf, 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 <laughs> Sir Ian, Sir Ian, Sir Ian. Yeah. So the makeup artist, you see some makeup people go up to the woman and the man and they're like touching yeah. up their makeup yeah. and then the director walks, oh, okay, this was all wrong. What you needed to do is, okay, so they're just talking and they're just going and they, and they do it like six or seven more times. So like basically while I was walking around looking at things, yeah, I found it to be very boring. Yeah. You know. And I'm sort of remembering, like, you know, prior to the embrace, <laughs> um, 
Which I, I assume I'm all up to speed on all the sl- on most of the slang. Yes. Although I bet I should bone up on the on the. Um, see, I don't even remember what it's called, but there's like these different levels of, of vampire argot, you know, and there's mm-hmm. like the one that's like the kind of arcane, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, uh, you know, it's like it's not vitae, it's like amaranth or some bullshit oh, like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should bone up on that because I have a feeling Lucille would have a kind of an old-fashioned diction, you know? Yeah. So I should I should uh, yeah. familiarize myself with that. Definitely. Because I think she's passing it on to me. I think she is too. Because I don't have any other influences that are no. kind of telling me, like, don't talk like that. And you sound like an old-fashioned... And she doesn't you know. either. No. So okay. anyway, right. I'll do that. But anyway, okay. whatever, whatever the old-fashioned term for embrace is, if it is embrace, mm-hmm. prior to that, um, you know, I had like some familiarity with, you know, the motion picture, you know, mm. um, medium, oh. you know, well, I just mean like I knew of it. That there were movies. <laughs> I knew there were these things called, called motion pictures mm-hmm. and, um, but th- it had a vaguely seedy aspect to it. And it was just something that like a bunch of, you know, opportunistic, um, shysters in new york and new jersey yeah uh, made okay and you know my 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 aunts were always very you know sort of like mm, you know talking about it like in the same in the same way they talk about vaudeville theater and that kind of thing like yeah. it's just it's just not it was just base culture you know right, it, right, right. it was actually worse than vaude- like vaudeville at least had some redeeming qualities perhaps like they yeah could maybe be forced to admit that but yeah, like for them yeah, like yeah, film yeah. was just like <laughs> ugh, no yeah, no. no. And so, uh, and so I, you know, and I haven't just, re- I haven't really thought about it since then. Like for me, it's been books. Yeah. You know, just mm-hmm. books. So, and you know, so as I was watching all the sort of uh, behind the scenes stuff, it was just like, uh, you know, like, wow. Yeah, my answer right. This is pretty stupid. <laughs> you know. And then watching them shoot that scene, though, I was getting into it. Yeah. You know, like I was kind of like, I picture myself sort of creeping a little closer and a little closer. <laughs> Get that girl out of the shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like creeping into the shot. <laughs> ah. um, <laughs> no, but like maybe like like just just like just behind the director's chair finally. Yeah. You know. Ooh, yeah. You know, and then I and then and then when he yelled cut, I kind of jump a little bit. Like, oh man, I was really into that. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything wrong. With, you know, like he's giving them all these directions. I'm like, yeah. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but as you're watching it more and more, you're seeing them improve. Yeah. So when he's telling them, okay, well, no, approach it from this angle. Think mm-hmm. of it in this way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She, you start to maybe see that there's an improvement. Mm-hmm. So so I'm seeing that there's this um, artistic element. Process. To it mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So knowing that I've been sort of marked out I've been made mm-hmm. um, I don't want to hang around too long but while they're shooting their fourth take or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and all eyes are on the the shot I've mm-hmm. kind of noticed that too it's like when they're yeah. shooting it everyone's kind of like yeah. watching it right so I'll kind of slip back towards that little table that they'd set up over on the side just mm-hmm. whoosh, take one of these uh, okay. scripts okay. with me okay and then <laughs> disappear back into the shadows okay all right so as you're walking through town climb, climb backwards up the wall of my house into the attic no, anyway. <laughs> no so as you're walking through berlin you're seeing the usual sights i mean that mm-hmm. the movie the movie um 
that yeah. movie setup is just like, whoa, like yeah. that's so different. Yeah. You see, you know, the church in town, the, the buildings, and one of your favorite places to go mm-hmm. is the Mason Street Bridge. Mm. And it's a bridge that is um, near these falls. Mm. And, oh. and so oh. you get to walk. My God. You get to walk by these falls. Um, it's one of your favorite places. It's very tranquil. Yeah. Um, the water running is very calming to be around. Mm. And so I'm picturing you just on this bridge, kind of like sitting on the edge of it with your feet kind of dangling over, mm-hmm. and you're looking at your script. Mm-hmm. And you're able to read it. In the dark, in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. So... Um, At the end of 1927, on October, you're walking around town again, and it's October, it's fall. Mm -hmm. People aren't, there's not as many people out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little cold, but you're walking by the Gem Theater, which is also in town, and you see that. And you see um, (laughs) that there's a little placard, and it says, The Masked Menace, (laughs) which is what you remember. Yes. What you remember seeing filmed earlier in the year. Very much so. And so the so I assume, playing. does Lucille give me pocket money Definitely. whenever I go into town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I'll, I'll practically run up to the uh, <laughs> ticket booth and, like, <clears throat> slap down my, my nickel or whatever, mm-hmm. or dime, whatever it is at this point. Yeah. And I'd be like, one ticket, please. All right, they give it to you. Mm-hmm. They've seen you come here before. Yeah. Like, at night. Yeah. I think. Have do you have you this is your first time going to the movies? This is my first time going into the oh, movies. Oh, okay, I never think, mind then. Never mind. I think what happened was right. after that I, I probably ignored the theater for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then after seeing the movie shot, I started lurking around the you know, in my usual way, mm-hmm. right? Walk well, one thing you're usually doing your usual walks around town. Well, but what I mean is I would actually go into the the uh interior marquee area, mm-hmm. like under the lights. Oh. and look at all the posters. Yeah. You know, yeah, on display. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even wander into the lobby and look mm-hmm. at the lobby cards yeah. of the movies, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh but like still it was still like this conditioning effect where it's like, I can't go actually see a movie. That's like that's you know, it's like weirder. going into a porno theater, you know? Like, it's, it's just Based like, on what your aunts have said. Yeah, it's like, I'm not going to do that. Even you know? though it's been like eight years since you've seen them yeah. or know about them. Yeah, yeah. Stuck I still you. have that conditioning. And, okay. And, um, you know, I think I think she's always going to have this kind of like upper crust New England, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. aspect to her. Definitely. You know? Yeah. No matter what. So, so when you see the poster for The Masked Menace, yeah. you're like... <gasps> it's like, but that's that's when it snaps. And there's know? even a little banner on it that says, Filmed in Berlin! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, normally I would think a small town theater wouldn't even bother carrying, a, you know, a, um, that kind of film. You well, know? it's funny because as you, as you buy the... As you're purchasing the ticket, you mm-hmm. realize on the ticket it says The Masked Menace, and it has, like, two other features on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for that one. Yeah, yeah, right. So as you're sitting down, so you walk into the theater. I walk into the theater. The carpet. You're used to the lobby. Uh-huh. You yeah. smell popcorn. Yeah, you which know, kind of turns my stomach a little bit. Yeah, no, it's not really, like, no. exciting. No. There's a lot of different people in the theater. Mm-hmm. And um, you pick a seat. Pick a seat. Okay. Yeah. So it starts to... They start to roll the smaller features. They show news things. They show cartoons. You've been listening to. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So then so then the Masked Menace right. starts. And yeah. it's actually, as you find out, episode one. Yeah. You know, 
a lurking figure. Yeah. And so it's just about 10 minutes, 10 to 15 sure. minutes of the serial. Minute, yeah, and then it's yeah. over. And it's like, find out what happens to you yeah, know, yeah. the characters that are in The Masked Menace <laughs> in the next installment yeah. of The Masked Menace. Okay. Yeah. So all and, of that. And what was, what was the baddie's name again? This, uh, Stillface. Stillface. So, yeah. So there's this villain. Does he make an appearance? Because I'll he have does. read the script. Yeah, he does. And so I'm trying to, I'm like... The script is probably very perfunctory, so mm-hmm. I'm like, I have a mental image of what all the, I mean, I know what the the male and female lead look like, because I saw them mm-hmm. shooting, mm-hmm. so, but I don't know what Stillface looks like, so, like, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to see Stillface right. Well, because what you're seeing, actually, so the plot is that there's a mill, so okay. you recognize the mill, mm-hmm. actually, yeah. and there's an old woman and her ward okay. who live together. Oh, shit. And... <laughs> <laughs> and they're being terrorized by a masked villain. Mm. So you're seeing him creep around the mm-hmm. mill and they're they look confused, like what's ha- what's happening outside? And you mm-hmm. see them checking outside and there's nobody mm-hmm. there. And then he'll show up in the window and it's just very like you know, it's kind of silly, but at the same time uh, it's no, just, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into so it. you're watching it. So then um so that's pretty much the establishing first episode. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to check out the other episodes as it gets released. Yeah, yeah. And also, I was just thinking about this, like, even the newsreel would have been really interesting because, like, I've never seen yeah. motion pictures before. And so it's one thing to be watching this sort of black and white, um, mm. you know, uh, footage of what's essentially a stage play, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, like, the newsreel would actually have uh, footage of other things. Right. You know. Yeah. Like, the, the news of the day. Mm-hmm. So, footage from other cities in the country, other places, like yeah. London. Yeah, you know? they're showing international news. Yeah, there's yeah. people. There's people who I'm like, who is that? You know, yeah. who's this Charles Lindbergh guy? Yeah, you they're know? showing the president. And, yeah, yeah, right, right. Who is... Uh, Coolidge. Uh, Coolidge. Yeah. So, they're showing him on a train, waving to people, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. anyway, you see all of this. Yeah. Um, you hear them talk about um, the Great War. Like, in terms of just references to, since the Great War, X, Mm -hmm. Y, or Z have Mm -hmm. happened. And Mm -hmm. it's like, and there have been strides made to, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Because your mind. Belgium rebuilds. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So, Mm -hmm. anyway. So, these are things, obviously, I mean, I read newspapers and stuff. Yeah, but but still. Like, you know. Seeing the visuals. Seeing the visuals. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I'm kind of like, you know. It's like, wow, there's like this whole wider world out there. I've been very focused for the last eight years on this uh, this home, like mm-hmm. creating this new home mm-hmm. for myself. And mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, yeah. And then also, also, mm. big one here for all, for all kindred everywhere, I'm seeing things shot in daylight. Mm. You know, including most of the footage from so The Masked Menace. So that looks odd to you, too. Yeah. Like, what is, like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you are seeing that. Yep. It still is black and white. But, but still. It's like, wow, it's really so, bright. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But you know what? That's the funny thing is, like, I could imagine when I use my Auspex, it probably looks a lot like mm-hmm. black and white film shot during the day. Probably, you yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's still fairly colorless, but it's, mm-hmm. like, it's bright. Brighter. And you can see things, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, that is your one of your summer nights in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Or late fall night. Oh, sorry, yeah. The, the summer that you discovered that <laughs> yes. movie. Yes. I'll always remember. Yes. So, let's cut to mm-hmm. 1929. Oh, okay. 
things are slowing down in the town. Mm-hmm. There's some issues happening nationally. Okay. The town is having some challenges, mm-hmm. but people are, you know, wending their way through um, difficult financial times. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Freeman, you will see that over time that she will come into the town mm-hmm. sporadically and then she won't go out for a good long while. Um, sometimes um, she'll say she's on a trip mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. You'll overhear her talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, I'm going to leave on a trip for a while, so I won't be available. Mm-hmm. So there's just, you're watching how she navigates um, <laughs> the length of time that she's around mm-hmm. um, and to the people who know her mm-hmm. and don't know her. So from 1929 to 1941, things are fairly rough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find people who are willing to have their blood. <laughs> yeah. Why are you trying to get blood from a stone? Yeah. <laughs> Um, over time, you know, Lucille will tell you different elements of, of living an unlife Mm -hmm. for a long period of time. You hear her, she's during this time period, she alludes to talking about at the beginning of this country, Mm. like in the very early times in this country. Mm Mm-hmm. For your frame of reference, that's like 1700s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know what you've pieced together um, if she, when she reveals those different things. Well, already I had kind of like after having that dream in the root cellar, mm-hmm. you know, and like, oh, those must have been Civil War times, especially seeing, you know, like Henry's old fashioned mustache and everything, mm-hmm. you know. And then, of course, once the whole V word dropped. You know, <laughs> yeah. then it's like, oh, I get it. I get it. You know, and so like once you kind of accept that somebody's a vampire, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, it kind of opens things up and you're like, how old are they? You know, and I, I don't think I've come out and asked again at this point in time because conditioning, you never ask a lady to reveal her age, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, right. um, but so from... if she said like the early days, then yeah, I'm like starting to piece things together. Okay. So, over those couple of decades, um, mm-hmm. you just notice how the town has changed over time. Mm-hmm. You notice that there are more people in town than before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You observe different trends, the way people are dressing. Yeah. There's just things that are happening from when you first arrived to 1941 that... That's a lot of change. And I think, you know, obviously after maybe like a couple years of visiting a town in like an open and brazen fashion, then it's like, oh, like people are going to start noticing I'm not really getting older. Mm -hmm. So around 1929 is probably like the point when I stopped kind of like openly Mm -hmm. going. And plus I kind of like it's a small town, you know, there's not a lot there. But, you know, it's like I would come down still, but maybe like really late at like Mm -hmm. two in the morning, three in the morning, sit on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Watch the waterfall mm-hmm. beneath my feet, you know. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of vagrants, though, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are in the town who recognize you. Mm-hmm. And what is your what is your interaction like with them, do you think? I think maybe those are, like, the first people that I develop an independent relationship with, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like, um, yeah, these are like kind of her first experience with cultivating mm-hmm. um, friendlies, if you will. Yeah. Where is that what she refers to them as? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Call them friendlies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you know they're. They're vagrants, but they're guys who are down on their luck. Yeah. You know, and I get their stories. They talk to me about how, you know, um, they um, they were both, um, you know, fairly, you know, they were doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like one of them worked in construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one was like kind of a... Working at one of the mills. Working at one of the mills. And uh, and then they both got turned out of work mm-hmm. and have pretty much lost everything. Their families have moved away. Yeah, or or like maybe one of them. It's like, well, their family's dispersed, so it's like you know, everyone's been displaced. Yeah, it's yeah. like everyone's you know, it's like they're still staying in touch with each other as best they can, but it's like they can't afford to live together. Right. You know, his wife's like out on the west coast or mm-hmm. something, or in Chicago, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so I listened to them. And then I think, I think this is where, mm. unless you have an idea, mm. I think this is where the Obeya manifests itself. Because mm. I think maybe one of these days, I'm, you know, visiting them at night, mm-hmm. you know, talking with them. And, you know, one of them is just really sick. Yeah, he starts coughing. Yeah. And the cough won't. He probably has really, whooping cough. Right. It's just a really bad cough. It's a bad cough. Yeah. And so he's not doing very well. Mm-hmm. He's an older gentleman. Mm-hmm. He's also been very kind to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because so. they, they probably assume I'm a displaced person as well. An orphan. And I don't, child. I don't really, yeah. you know, um, uh, disabuse them of that notion. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so yeah, they're very they're very protective of me as well. Okay. And um, let's see here. Yep. That's sense vitality. Sense vitality. So it, it can be used for diagnostic purposes as well as to learn how much damage a target has incurred and therefore make a guess as to what must be done to save them. Okay. So all right. So like basically, um, yeah. I just you know. So I'm, roll. So you're watching this guy, right? Uh, yeah. So I have this caretaker um, uh-huh. side to me. Yeah. And, um, well, you were very sick yourself once. I was. And so that seeing somebody who's sick, especially a lung related thing, mm-hmm. is like kind of like, oh man, I know how that, I know yeah. that feel, bro. Yeah. So, um, so I just kind of move in and I'm like, you know, just feeling his forehead, you know, because I just know yeah. that like, that's what you do. I've seen Dr. Freeman do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've gone with her on a couple of house calls. Yeah, I mean, she has, you know, she has like a stash, like a medicine stash where mm-hmm. she has different medicines available, antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. Different things that help people that she yeah. kind of stashes away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is like late 30s after penicillin. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, um, so I'm feeling this for and stuff. And then, like, much to all of our surprise, myself included, hmm. suddenly the uh, the alleyway that we're hanging out it in. illuminates. It's just filled with this, yeah. you know, blue light. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's blue, right? Yeah, it's blue. blue. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I can suddenly see him in this completely different way, and I can almost oh. see like it's almost like one of those. Um, <laughs> I'm picturing like the guy on the operator in the operator board game, like a broken heart, like you know. <laughs> well, I was picturing something a little less. I don't know, but um, sorry, it's that's. I mean, I'm just picturing like you could identify right. elements in his body that are. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say like, like you have cancer, like. I don't know. <laughs> it's like that X Files where the there's that insurance adjuster, life insurance adjuster who could tell how someone was going to die. I don't remember that one. Do you remember that? No, but... I only remember it because he... I think he has to touch them or something, and, and so he touches uh, Mulder. Mm. And then, and then like, later in the, in the episode, he's like, well, autoerotic asphyxiation is uh, quite a way to go or something like that. Oh, shit. Like, basically. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, it's been years since I've seen that, so I may be misremembering it, but that's how I remember it. Anyway, no, I'm picturing... You know those, like, really elaborate illustrations where it's like they illustrate they um they have multiple they 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 kind of do the musculature the nerves the veins Mm -hmm. and everything that's all in one yeah you know yeah 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 so uh, i'm picturing that okay like i can see like every system in this guy's body right and then furthermore i can actually see within him Mm -hmm. you know like like in his lungs i see this like black Mm. you know um like this personification almost Mm. of the disease so Mm -hmm. it's like this this sort of black tarry sludge Mm. that's in his lungs that's choking him off and then i can see how that's affecting the rest of his system and it's all in this one moment okay so um yeah yeah, so I just I have this uh, I have this moment of amazing revelation, and I think that you know for them it's almost like this uh, like holy shit, um, you know who is this kid kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think they're scared. I think they're mm-hmm. like they think that maybe. Well, it's benign. Like, it's you're very not, benign. You don't seem evil. <laughs> right. And so it's like, oh, like, are you an angel? You know, and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so. Wait, are you running this now or am I? It's my prelude. So okay. I can, All right. <laughs> I'm just describing how my first uh, okay. All right. experience is. Okay. Good. And um, <laughs> I'm like, am I supposed to be? No, you're good. All right. You're good. Fine. So this all takes place yep. in this alley. And so what do you do about it? Well, so since I know that, you know, like, like basically I come away with it knowing exactly what he has, which is whooping cough, let's mm-hmm. say. And, uh, and so then I say, um, I say just, you know, as, as the light dies away, you know, I'm like, just hold on, hold on till, can you hold on till tomorrow night? I'll be back and I can, I can give you something. Okay. Sure. You know, so then like, you know, I go up to the house Mm -hmm. and I talk to Lucille about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, what can we give him, you know, and, and so forth. Well, so she looks in her cabinet and mm-hmm. says, you can give him this. So she gives him a couple pills. And mm-hmm. he really needs to get out of the cold, though. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a boarding house. Does he know about it? I don't know. I don't think he can afford it. Mm. Mm. All right. Well, bring him here. Okay. And we'll take care of him. All right. So then, yeah, like the all right. Next, so that's happened a couple times. The where, next night, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've moved. I've I've graduated from bringing home cats, mm-hmm. stray yeah, cats, to people, to stray people, right? And so and so these guys were like, basically, we we uh, gave them home, mm-hmm. a place to stay. They got cleaned up, mm-hmm. you know, 
And, like, maybe, like, one of them moved on. Like, the guy who was married mm-hmm. eventually mm-hmm. moves on. Mm-hmm. But the other one sticks around for a while yeah. longer. Mm-hmm. But they're sort of the first ones who are, like, you know, I sort of broached the subject of, like, well, you know, I saved you. And would you mind if I did something? You know, it won't hurt. You know, but I kind of need this myself, you know. Okay. To, uh, you know, to keep me. What's your charisma? Healthy. Uh, three. Okay. Yeah. So he lets you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do take once he's well enough. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I, I'm thinking like as a as someone who's still still largely a child like mine, I'll, I'll tell a little fib. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be like, "This is part of your treatment. I have to." You know, you you've heard of bloodletting, right? You know, oh, okay. Like this is part of your okay, treatment. Okay, so he's like, "Oh yeah, all right." I'm gonna I'm gonna pull some. I'm gonna pull more of the toxins out of you and. Okay. All you right. Know, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's how you treat him, and that's how you get some blood points from him. Yeah. So, all right. So over time, this is something that you've you've learned to do. Um, then, uh, December nineteen forty one takes place mm-hmm. unexpectedly, mm-hmm. but you knew. I mean, you and Lucille would talk about what's happening in terms of current events, like. Mm-hmm. There's another war. I, I assume we finally get a radio at some point. Yeah, you, you have know. a radio, you have a phone. You, yeah. know, you do kind of keep up with those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Because, <laughs> like, when I'm down in town, you know, walking Main Street at two in the morning, I'll walk past the display window and be like, radio? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so like, later, it's like, hey, Henry, let's see. We should get yeah, a radio. Yeah, so Henry or Emma will get, yeah, get it for you. Yeah. So, um,. So yeah, so World War Two, mm-hmm. the United States finally gets involved with World War Two. The Second World War Two. Um, yep. Yes, and so Dr. Freeman feels a strong calling to help. So she goes to, mm. she's traveling back and forth um, to um, Manchester hmm. and to Boston to various places to offer her medical support and also just helping with just the general war effort. Okay. She asks you to just do whatever you can in town. So mm-hmm. if that means, you know, just helping people in general with, um, like, different families, if there's rations going on, you can help them. You're helping people with their gardens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Different things like that at night. <laughs> just secretly. Yes. Um, helping. I'm like, I'm like a little brownie. Yeah, you are. You go in and you're, you detect <laughs> I'm, things. I'm cobbling shoes for the cobbler in yeah, town. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You're just going around helping. So okay. from 41 to 45, that's what you occupy your time with in terms mm. of helping the community. And um, and okay. Berlin gets through it pretty well. Okay. Except, the well, Berlin and the United States get through it pretty well. Yes. So once the war has been declared over, mm-hmm. and that's all kind of done, mm-hmm. Dr. Freeman sits down with you mm-hmm. one night. Okay. And so you have a comfortable home with her, with Emma and Henry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving this life way more than uh, the life I was living. Before. <laughs> You've learned a lot over time. Yes. And um, Dr. Freeman looks a little worried, more okay. worried than she's ever looked. Okay. And she says, Charlotte, you've been an amazing daughter to me. And I really appreciate everything that you've done and everything that you do on a nightly basis um you are an amazing person and she says that like a person like Mm. and she says but i will tell you i've been around for some time and i'm very 
very tired. I need to rest. And I would like for you to rest with me. Okay. I know you're used to getting up and doing things every night, but I think we need to take a break from that. And it's normal for our kind to to do that. Okay. We're going to sleep for a pretty long time. Um, and Henry and Emma will be okay. Mm. But, um, yeah, I think we need to, I think we need to sleep for a while. So she says this, like, and I mean, so at this point you've been around for a while, for a while. It's been 26 years. Yeah. <laughs> so add whatever 26 years of knowledge you have. Yeah into this conversation. Uh-huh. Sometimes she still talks to you like you're a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think I still have some elements of child, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, you're a vampire. So it's just like, I think there's an intellectual development, but there's right. not really an emotional development. No. I think your emotional development is arrested at the point you're embraced. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> so I, it's kind of like having a, you know, the mind of a 39 year old, mm-hmm. which is how old she is at this yeah. point. With, but with the, um, you know, yeah. the emotional capacity of a 13 year old, yeah. as well as because she hasn't been socialized outside of her core family group mm-hmm. in this time. Yeah. You know, like we were saying, like she still has all these kind of like artifacts, Yeah, you know, both from her mortal upbringing and mm-hmm. then from just Lucille's influence, mm-hmm. you know, so, yeah. okay. But I'm I'm cool, you know. Like I mean, Doctor Freeman's my whole world. So if she says, eh, "Rest with me," you know, I'll be like, "Okay." All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sleep for a while, mm-hmm. but before we do, I just want you to know more about me. So, over the course of the evening. Mm-hmm. She tells you how she first arrived in the United States. Oh. I was an indentured servant from England. Mm. And I traveled to the United States or the colonies mm. in order to pay down my debt. This was in 1770. Mm. Eventually, I paid off my debt. And I met a man, and he was, it was John Freeman. He was a very good man, and before, well, there was another war. There was um, the Revolutionary War. You've read about it. Mm -hmm. Well, he fought in that. I got pregnant before he left for the war and which was kind of blowing. I'm like, you have a natural kid, you know, <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah. In that moment. Okay. And he went off to fight and he died during one of the battles. I was eight months pregnant at the time. So you may be wondering what does this have to do with, you know, you, but There was a midwife in town, and she would only come out at night. 
Mm. And I should have known then that there was something strange about her, but she was very comforting. Her name was Sibylla, and she took care of me while my husband was, well, after John passed away. Sibylla helped me with my pregnancy. However, the baby was stillborn, and my labor was very difficult, Mm. and I didn't stop bleeding. And the only way that Sibylla could save me was by turning me into a vampire. So Sibylla passed that on to me. I became her apprentice and she taught me what I know now and what I've taught you, even though it's been, I know, very sparse. When we first met, I was very intrigued by you. Um, the Your personality, I felt, was suited to this, and you've absolutely fulfilled everything I thought you would be in this role. There's something else to being who we are that you won't find in a lot of other kindred. And that is we are seeking something better than what they are looking for in their own lives. We want to be enlightened. We want to help people. And that's what we're here to do. Along those lines, there's also a path that we can pursue in order to understand this condition we have. And that's called Golconda. It's something that I've been seeking. And so she kind of like trails off. Mm. I've been seeking it for centuries now. I don't know if it's even attainable, but I just want to give you the chance to experience it if you can achieve it. However, like I said, where I think we're in a cycle, a downward cycle right now where we can sleep for a while. I've done things in the past that I thought would lead me to this path to Golconda, which is a sense of an enlightenment of, of betterment of understanding of our condition, but I've made a lot of mistakes. However, I think I've killed a lot of people. (laughs) No, but I've made a lot of mistakes and I, I want to give you the opportunity to find this path yourself. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I know we're getting closer to it. I know you're ready, but if we sleep for a while, maybe, maybe, maybe when we get up, um, it'll be more clear. So I'm just listening, mm-hmm. you know, intently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm fine with all that. I think that she's been grooming me very subtly, mm-hmm. you know, maybe slipping me some, uh, some books on Eastern mysticism and, mm-hmm. you know, enlightenment and that yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is where like some of these skills that I put points into like leadership yeah, and, um, you know, my higher dots and empathy and expression, mm-hmm. awareness, you know, that's, that's kind of these previous couple decades are, you mm-hmm. know, showing themselves. Yeah. I also moved a dot out of academics into medicine just because I figured 
probably been reading, mm-hmm. you know, medical books and stuff like that. So okay. Anyway. All right. Well. It's the mechanical side of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, um, so Henry and Emma will take care of us while we sleep. Okay. And um, yeah, so let's do that. All right. So I think we'll spend the rest of the night like talking. She'll mm-hmm. she'll be talking with you mm-hmm. more about any questions you have. Mm-hmm. You find out that the baby that she had was a girl, and she had named it Charlotte. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> You find out that Sibylla was um, just a strange sort of enigmatic figure who, mm. like, it's even like Dr. Freeman doesn't really know where she came from. Oh, wow. But she was just so comforting and and healing. And so a lot of the stuff and that, you know, a lot of the kindred stuff she imparted to, to Dr. Freeman. So, mm-hmm. but, so, anyway... Why are you getting this gleam in your eyes? Okay. Go on, go so, on. So, so, um, over time, there there's a basement in the house. Yeah. Um, and you will go down. You have a little spot where you usually sleep. So, where do you usually mm-hmm. sleep at night or during the day? Um, I mean, she's got her attic room. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if maybe like they converted part of that room into being a light proof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, so you'll go to your respective Mm -hmm. areas. She's usually down in the basement. Yep. And things are. (laughs) I'm I'm picturing it's super creepy, but I'm picturing it like just basically the uh, the light proof thing is just like essentially just they kind of just walled off this one, you know, part like between the joists of of a wall. Yeah. And then, and then it's just a door. So yeah. she just opens the door, steps in, closes the door, and then just like sleeps standing up. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. It's just a tiny little space. Yeah. You know? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so that as, as the morning is coming quickly, mm-hmm. um, you realize like, oh yeah, I could sleep for a while. Mm-hmm. And all the Dr. Freeman says to you is just like, just let it wash over you. And we've talked about, I mean, she's talked with you about meditation in the past and Mm -hmm. she's like, you know, take it like a meditation. Mm -hmm. It's something that you're going to be just coasting through Mm -hmm. and we'll let some time go by and see what happens. Okay. So, okay. Makes sense. So, you close the door. Mm-hmm. You're standing there. Mm-hmm. I lean lean back in my accustomed fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you let the sleep come over you. Mm-hmm. And time goes by. All right. So spider webs weave mm-hmm. webs or spiders weave webs across my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, you had made sure all your animals were tended to. And... Yeah. And I mean, it's been like a couple decades at this point. I'm used to that kind of cycle of mm-hmm. the animals growing older and dying, dying. and getting new yeah. ones. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as like, you know, oh, oh, no. find good homes for them. You know, like I'm just kind of like so, some of them I just let loose into the, the mm-hmm. wild. Others I say to Henry or, or um, Emma, you know, like find find a good home for them in town. Put them in a, right. you know, put them somewhere in town. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um so suddenly you wake up okay 
And like you said, there's cobwebs across your face. Yeah. Like, what? What the hell? And you open your door. Okay. When you open the door to your attic, it's, I don't know if, I mean, this seems very strange, but suddenly everything looks much older. Mm. It looks dusty. Mm -hmm. No one's been maintaining it, Mm -hmm. which is odd. Yeah. You, your windows, the windows in your, in your attic are like dirty. Mm -hmm. They haven't been cleaned in a long time. What do you do? Um, I'm just going to call out, you know, like, hello. You don't hear anything. Walk out mm-hmm. to the little circular mm-hmm. you staircase. Know, <clears throat> um, yep. It's and, creaking a little more loudly than, <laughs> than you right. remember. Right, right, right. It's definitely night though. Uh-huh. And there's a light source downstairs. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So just kind of take the am I, I I assume I'm feeling kind of like uh, yeah you know like you're a, feeling like you're like a bear coming out of hibernation yeah, yeah exactly so I'll just take the stairs very carefully one at a time uh-huh but like as soon as I'm kind of halfway down the stairs so that my you know like in those staircases you know they emerge mm-hmm. out of the ceiling yeah so as my as my feet are coming down past the line of the ceiling mm-hmm I'll stop and then just bend double so I can look <laughs> down into the room. Yeah. You know. Hello? Okay, so you hear some rustling, like, in the kitchen. hmm Henry? Emma? So you hear, like, an old voice calling, like, Charlotte? <laughs> yeah. Who's there? It's Henry. So oh. he walks out, and his hair is, like, white. Oh, no. And he looks very old. <laughs> Like, Henry, what happened? You have to help me. What's going on? You have to help me. Please give me some, give me some of your blood. I need, I need some. Uh, I I need, I need some of your blood. Please, Charlotte, please take pity on me. So he starts to cry. Okay. Where's Lucille? Oh, she's, she's still here. She's not up yet. Oh. So I'll, uh, I'll head over. Or I'll run back up to the attic and get my, mm-hmm. my dad's uh, mm-hmm. shaving kit. Okay. And I'll come back down. I'll be like, okay, okay. All right. Open up, open up a vein. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, grabs your wrist and yeah. starts drinking. Yeah. Drinking. Uh-huh. Self-control. Like, you wanna, do you want to preserve yourself? Well, I mean, I feel the blood flewing out. Uh-huh. So, uh, so I'll just be like, that's enough. You know, just pull the... He's not stopping. All right. So, not very strong, but um, let's see. I guess it would be... uh, What would it be to just try and wrench him off? Um, Well, I guess it would be strength. Do you have strength? I do have strength. Okay. Yeah. What else do you have? In physical. Um, Well, uh, skill-wise? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't have brawl, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Um, I don't even have athletics, for God's sake. Let's see. <laughs> um, I think it would probably... Or even, like, social. Right, right. Um, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. 
I'm, I'm trying to think outside the box here a little bit. Okay. Hmm. I think... Okay. Yeah. So I know that I can't... I'm, it's like physically impossible for me mm -hmm. to disengage mm -hmm. myself from mm -hmm. this guy. Although... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Ooh. Okay. Well, I have two ideas. Okay. I have two ideas. All right. One is um, to try and try and use my words <laughs> <laughs> and maybe try and like you know talk to him like uh, fucking you know Henry Jones senior <laughs> Indiana let it, let it go <laughs> let it go but um, the other uh, the other way to go is I could burn a blood point mm -hmm. and give myself a stat boost, right? Yeah. So let me let me let me retcon a little. Okay. <laughs> First time of a thousand, I'm going to be saying that. <laughs> um, so before you went into your torpor, yes. Um, Emma and Henry both allowed you to take some blood points from them. Okay. So you were at max blood points. Excellent. When you were in torpor. All right. So I'm at fifteen. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm Lucille didn't need as much. Okay. Um, so you are at 15. Mm -hmm. Wow. 15. Yeah. What a concept. All right. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Let's well, do actually, tec technically during this prelude, I'm ninth generation. Hmm. I haven't done certain things yet. Right. So, right, right. uh, that'd be 14 actually. Okay. But anyway, let me see here. A player may spend one blood point to increase a single physical attribute by one dot for the duration of the scene. <sighs> Uh, player may spend as many blood points on increasing physical attributes as a vampire may use in a turn. So okay. at ninth generation, that would be two per turn. So I could I could technically boost my strength up to uh, three. Hmm. This is going to be very handy to keep in mind in the future. Yes. Um, because once I'm eighth generation, I can actually spend three points in a turn, mm -hmm. boost my strength up to four. Okay. Um, let's see here. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So that's, I mean, that that would be the other idea. It would be okay. like, um, I, I burn these blood points. Yeah. And suddenly I'm like way stronger than, you right, know, right. Um, I've ever been before. Okay. Ooh, interesting, interesting conundrum here. Okay, you know what? I'll what? go, I'll, I'll try the talking first. Okay. And then we'll, if that doesn't work, mm -hmm. we'll go to. Okay. Strength versus strength. Okay. So, so I'm just gonna. I I know that he's 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 you know latched, latched on. on there like a lamprey, <laughs> and he's got these big beefy hands, and he's yeah. just holding my little mm -hmm. my little thin my arm, arm yeah. to his mouth, you know. Yeah. And and so I just I just say Henry, Henry, please. You've had enough. And charisma. Uh, and, or? Well, I think. Um, if a charisma, maybe, and then um, empathy, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so roll those. Okay, so let's say... Uh, <laughs> we need your dice. Where uh, are they? All right. Well, they're over they? there yonder. Where are the turtles? <laughs> These? Yeah, just grab... Or, wait, no, no, no. They're... I really should put them in a bag. They're just kind of loose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's all my D6s. Yeah, that's what I figured. I thought they were over there. All right. All right. So anyway. No, we didn't think we were going to roll, but here we are. Here we are. We're doing it. It's happening. Yep. All right. All right. Why not? Why not? Yeah. So empathy and um, okay. charisma. Okay. And difficulty is? Difficulty is 
six. Six, okay. Because he's already kind of inclined towards... Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he definitely is blood-bound to you and to... Yeah, I figure we're all sort of blood-bound to each mm-hmm. other at this point. Um, yeah, three successes. Okay. So, so he stops. Mm-hmm. And he looks like has a shocked expression on his face as mm-hmm. he's looking at you like... <gasps> Oh, so then he starts crying even more. No, 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 no. So he he kind of falls into a chair and yeah. he's like, "Oh God, I've missed you so much." Oh, Henry. Oh, so but he's like, "But thank you, thank you." So Emma comes out <laughs> of the kitchen. Hello, dearie. <laughs> She's looking a little worse for wear. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "What? What happened?" Henry needed needed my blood. He needed my Emma and. <laughs> Right. Oh, I'm going to get into this. Yeah, this yeah, is going to yeah. be great. Anyway, go on. And so she looks a little like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's been he's been in a lot of pain. Well, you're up. You're up now. How long was I asleep? Well, um, so at that, then you hear some rustling downstairs. <laughs> some flopping around. No. <laughs> no, just some steps yeah. coming yeah. up from the basement. All right. And Emma's like, oh, like, oh. Um, and Lucille comes out mm-hmm. looking fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, she looks a little peaked, but mm-hmm. other than that, mm-hmm. um, Emma says it's 1960. Oh. So you see, as you look around the room, you see like this little television set. Which is like, what the fuck is what that? What the fuck is that? Yeah. You see a more advanced radio. Uh-huh. You see different magazines, all in color. All the photos are in color. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. It's like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, you know? Like, it's like suddenly <laughs> everything is in much more color um, yeah, than yeah. before. Mm. Um, you see that... You do notice that Emma and Henry are wearing different types of clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing like kind of like a shift dress. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and so yeah, so it's June mm. of 1960, and mm. so she's wearing like more of a shift dress. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's different style. Her hair looks a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry's just wearing like a white like dress shirt and slacks, mm-hmm. and his his you know his hair has been trimmed since mm-hmm. you know. Since you've seen him last, everything's just a little bit more plasticky looking. Like <laughs> there's a lot know. more plastic in the yeah. room. Yeah, um, not terrible, but just yeah. a little bit where it just looks a little different. I, you know, I'm totally picturing it like the set from like some Twilight Zone episode where it's like <laughs> they've dressed it to look like an uh-huh. old Victorian mansion that's mm. had a few modern touches added to yeah, it, but yeah, not yeah. many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and like the the grown children are coming back to check on mom or something. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they're just looking at you, and and then Lucille goes up to Emma and she cuts her wrist with her nail and just gives it to her. Gives her the blood, like, mm-hmm. without saying anything. Okay. And so Emma, like, latches on. Mm-hmm. And after some time, they stop, and Lucille licks her wound. Mm-hmm. She has her burgundy woolen handkerchief, wipes mm-hmm. her mouth, you know, wipes wipes Emma's mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of looks at you and says, well, how are you feeling? I imagine this is how a bear coming out of hibernation must feel true yeah that's what we did we did yeah it doesn't get really easier as you get (laughs) older but anyway so 1960 you said 1960 Mm, so emma and um henry both nod like Mm -hmm. yeah so 
<laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, anything happen while we were away? <laughs> so they spend the evening <laughs> getting us caught kind up. of telling you different things mm. here and there. But the town isn't very different mm-hmm. um, at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, you and Lucille go outside and look at the house and it looks like... Pretty rough. It looks rough. All these New England winters. It looks... The paint has really... The, the upkeep has not been maintained very well. Yeah. There's only so much Emma and Henry can do. Yeah. And only so much... Especially he, as they got older. Yeah. So, my question is, a ghoul goes without blood, starts aging again. Mm-hmm. At what, what was it, like a, a month per extra year? Yeah, something like, I'm some being weird very thing. flexible with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... No, I, I know. It's fine. It's fine. I, well, what I actually pictured when you, when Lucille said they'll be fine is that she had actually been stocking up some of her blood. Yeah, yeah. You know, like in the fridge. She was. Yeah. And then and so they probably had that supply for a while. Yeah, they did. But then it ran out, and it's yeah. like fuck. Oh, you know, especially Henry being from like you know the 1800s. Yes, is difficult. Yeah, and 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 maybe Lucille wasn't thinking that you you know would be torporing it up quite that long. Right, right, right. So they've been like kind of very anxiously, yeah. you know, waiting for us to wake up yeah. for like the last couple of years exactly. probably. Yeah, yeah. But my question is, so the so the age starts catching up to them, then they get some more blood. Mm-hmm. Ooh, but it's like does that turn the clock back? Do they go back? It does. Back? It actually, well, do they reset back to where they were before? I want to say yes. I do too. But I think that's fine. I think it's okay. Yeah. Like over time, as they start to drink more, probably at the same help. rate that they are aging, it'll help them. Yeah. But we have to look into the ghoul. You have to look into the ghoul book about that. I yeah. guess. Yeah. We gotta do a ghoul chronicle one of these days. I know. I want to. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So, um. Okay. So you're back. We're back. And we're back. You're back in 1960. All right. You are. It's the United States still. <laughs> good. That's good. You start to, um, they turn on the television. <laughs> Communists, huh? <laughs> they turn on the television for the first time. Oh, like, yeah. You see yeah. the television. Right. You see. It's, it's like a cinema in the house. Exactly. Yeah. And you're seeing just people talking in just shows and television shows. You learn about television. Mm-hmm. Um, Spend a few nights yeah. watching that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, eventually, how do you feel about it ultimately? Um, well, I can't watch very much of it, especially if it's summertime. You know, I'm not getting I'm not getting uh, out until like probably nine at night or something. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Evening programming in 1960 in backwoods New England probably wasn't that great. No, no. Uh, they probably went off the air like. 10 yeah you know yeah. and like went to the the test pattern you yeah know? yeah yeah so i, I catch a little but bits they have here some and of the there national i mean some of the national channels are coming through a yeah little bit. sure of course you know. oh yeah we can probably get uh some stuff from you mm-hmm. know new york or whatever yeah broadcast up but um okay it's okay so you're kind it's of taking okay. it all in i'm like this will never replace film oh okay all right <laughs> yeah so as you're watching tv you do notice like there's advertisements for movies mm, and mm-hmm. so there's still cinema and that's good. That's you good. check out the local theater and there's like movies that are just like all in color and yeah so I think, oh yeah, I think now that I'm seeing, I'm seeing part of the benefit of this torpor thing, mm-hmm. because now I can kind of come back into town like openly again. Yeah. Like at this point, anyone who knew me back in 1927, 28, uh, was is going to be like 32 years older. 
Mm-hmm. So even if they saw me, they'd be like, oh, that looks just like that little girl who used to be come around here, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they wouldn't for a second assume I'm the same person, you right, know? Right, right. So. Right. I yeah, can, they wouldn't know. So I can go back into town again kind of more openly and actually go to some late night movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like in Interview with a Vampire, the movie, uh, see see a full color sunset or sunrise. Yeah, you know, yeah, for the you first see, time. Um, well, yeah, and one of the first. Um, well, you don't really, yeah. What you see actually by the time you get to the movies, mm-hmm. like the months have gone on. Mm-hmm. There's a movie um, called Spartacus that's out. Mm, okay, and so. Yeah, so it's this biblical, yeah, um, film. It's like set in Roman times. Roman times, one century BC. Wait, is there any biblical element in Spartacus? I don't think there is. There's just cruci- they get crucified at the end, but I think that's not. All it's, right. it's non-religious crucifixion. No, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. I was thinking of something else. Yeah, I really do know about film. I know you do. I sound like an idiot right now. God, you're so such anyway. a fool. You're so, such a fool. <laughs> so anyway, it's about Roman times. It's about yes. it's about the slave, and it's about which is right at my right at my alley. Yeah, so. and you're just kind of amazed by it. Mm-hmm. You're captivated by who is that handsome devil up on the screen? Well, <laughs> well, let's let's Lawrence Olivier. What? Uh, <laughs> Seeing that? It's uh, yeah, he is. Oh. Um, it's, God, it's been uh, years since I've seen it. Yeah, so you're seeing this color, yes, movie yes. happening in front of you, yes, and this drama, the cherry. I mean, you've read. Wait, where was that filmed? Can you check really it was quick? Filmed in. Where was it produced? Um, it was filmed. Oh, like in Spain. So and... it was filmed in Europe. It, some of it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then also, um, in terms of the book, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you see that it was based on a book. Oh, okay. That was uh, published in 1951. Okay. So you might go to the library and be like, <laughs> I want to learn more about Spartacus. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Give them a so, library card from 1927. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. This is expired. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get this? (laughs) (laughs) So then there's a couple. So you kind of are seeing a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. So The Magnificent Seven comes Mm -hmm. out. So it's a Western Mm -hmm. that's even more like Mm -hmm. colorful. And then you also see a movie called um, Swiss Family Robinson, Mm -hmm. which is about this family who's on this island all by themselves. And and there's these people that are trying to go after them and they're with these animals and it's tropical and it's like beautiful. It's so colorful and they mm-hmm. have this amazing house and this tree and it's just unbelievable to you. Okay. So you see that it's, um, it's a Disney film mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's the first time you see like mm-hmm. this Irishman making movies. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? So over time you're just absorbing the culture. Yeah. So, from about 1960 until about 1967. Yeah. Yeah. So you are back in the town, mm-hmm. in and out, fluctuating every other year. Yeah. Um, your house looks like, as you've seen more movies, as you've read more things, your house looks like a haunted house. <laughs> it looks like something yeah. where ghosts live. Like, it looks like something that 
people are scared of. Yeah. And yeah. in fact, one of the evenings when you're walking around town, you overhear people talking about, oh, mm. have you seen that house at the, yeah. on the fringes of town? The old Freeman Mansion. I think there's a family that lives there and they yeah. eat people. And like, yeah, there's yeah. like things that people are saying about your house. Yeah, yeah. Um, so over those like, you know, six years from 61 to 67, that's when Dr. Freeman will tell you or has is telling you mm-hmm. more about Golconda. Okay. More about what it means mm-hmm. and what it could mean. Mm-hmm. And I've, she says to you, I've never attained it. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to. Like I said, I may not, but um, the reason I wanted us to go into that sleep was because I think there are some people after me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've made a lot of mistakes and I wanted to lay low. And that was the only thing I could think of to do. Hmm. I've told you about different clans of vampires. I told you about our clan. Mm -hmm. There's not very many of us. Some say there's just like seven of us total in the whole world. Wow. Yeah, but I I don't believe that. I think they're staying quiet based on other things. So she tells you what she does know about the history of the Salubri, mm-hmm. about the Tremere coming for... <laughs> I've told you about the clans, but there's one clan I haven't told you about. Uh, no. <laughs> She's what? been keeping it a little bit from me. She just want to scare you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I guess when you say stuff like that, I'm afraid that like what I'm saying sounds totally stupid and corny. And, like, no, I'm just adding to what you're saying. Okay, all right. I'm building up what you're saying. Okay, okay. So mm, with that, she says that um, the Tremere are a clan that have hunted down our kind, the Salubri, and they are a serious danger. They want to destroy us. I was, um, so this is one, over the course of some evening, she tells Mm -hmm. you that she fell in with a Tremere group. Mm -hmm. It was a sect of Tremere who said that they were intent on redeeming crimes against the Salubri. And I believed them. I believed them. And they welcomed me into their group. I learned about some of their magic. But I also saw how powerful they are. Mm. They should not be underestimated. They wanted me to be part of... This is this other thing. So she explains to you Mm -hmm. um, about um, Diablerie Mm -hmm. and what it is. Mm -hmm. And how important it is. And how it's actually part of Golconda. Mm -hmm. I had to Diablerize my sire... Sibylla, she wanted me to. And she's like looking at you very steadily as she's saying this. She wanted me to. Some people will frame this as something that's evil. People will spurn you or want to destroy you because of what we do. But this is part of our belief. That through diablerie we can achieve some element of Golconda. And our sires being stronger when we consume their souls. So she's looking at you very mm-hmm. meaningfully and says, I'm going to expect you to do that to me so that I can live on in you and we can 
achieve Golconda together somehow. When I ask you to do this, you're going to have to do it. And you will gain my knowledge, you will gain my thoughts, just like you may have detected in my blood. When you've you've had my blood, and so you know parts of who I am. Mm-hmm. It's even more pronounced with my when you ingest my soul, which I, again I will ask you to do. People will not understand, but I will need you to do it when the time is right. I would do anything for you, Lucille. Okay, so she hugs you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way she's framing, I'm like, I see no problem with this. <laughs> <laughs> So she lets you go and she says, I will just tell you that I do, I am afraid that the Tremere are after me. There was a ritual that took place. The sect that I told you about, they're called the Third Eye Sect because of our, they Mm -hmm. feel um, compassion about our, about what they've done to us, what their clan has done to us. They wanted me to diabolize one of their elders, Mm -hmm. a Tremere elder. And I did so. By diabolizing him, I was able to absorb his knowledge, his magic, elements of of him that other Tremere want. Mm. They want that knowledge. I don't... I don't know when they're going to find me, but I know it will happen eventually. Um, so when this ritual took place, I had just finished diabolizing this Tremere elder, and other Tremere came in, and they interrupted the ritual. They killed all the people in the Third Eye sect that I had interacted with. I barely escaped with my life. Um... And that's why I think that there are some that will come after me and want me because they want to get that information from me of that elder's that elder's knowledge that I absorbed by consuming his soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm telling this to you now because I'm feeling that there is a pressing need that you will have to, things are going to start happening. And I don't know how to explain it, but things will start happening. There is a book. I I don't know how to describe this, but once I diabolized him, I, my mind was opened to so many secrets that I know that the Tremere don't want us to know. I wrote all of these things down in a language that I don't I cannot comprehend I don't understand I just wrote it this book I'm thinking has all the secrets that were imparted to me from this elder and he still guides me to this day Hmm. this was written in a language and jargon that I think only actually I misspoke only a salubri would understand Uh but it's a coded language right so i want to teach you this language Mm. before it's too late so she decoded it after she wrote it Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah. thank you now this book i do not possess it Mm. i gave it to 
a trusted kindred. He's part of the Giovanni clan. He was at the ritual with a neonate. And I will describe her to you. Um, they have this book, as far as I know. I entrusted it with him. Okay. If you find this book, it will be clear to you, but I think it will only be clear to you after you diabolize me. Whenever that happens. So she's kind of just staring off into the distance. Mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. But for now, I can just teach you everything that I know around this language. I can teach you everything that I know so that when the time does come, you'll know what to do. Okay. So... Time goes on. Mm-hmm. You kind of enter into another fun kind of state of, you know, it's very, um, you have your routines, mm-hmm. you have your usual things you do with your animals, with mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. You're still in this like town, but your house is now perceived as this haunted house. <laughs> right. You notice that there are changes happening in the town. There's a lot of different types of people in town mm-hmm. that weren't there before. Okay. It's developed slightly and then run down in other places. Yeah, yeah. So one night you wake up and it is, you know that it's March. Mm. It's March 1967. Mm-hmm. And you, when you wake up, your eyes open, you hear commotion. Mm. You hear shouting. You hear people tramping up and down stairs. Oh. And suddenly your door opens. Oh. And it's Emma. Okay. And she says, we don't have a lot of time. I was waiting for you to wake up, but I've been hiding up here. What Lucille told you is about to happen. What? They've staked her. Huh? She's in the yard. No. So if you go and you mm-hmm. rush to the window, mm-hmm. attic window, very yeah. carefully, mm-hmm. you see that there are two women and a man. Mm. And there's Lucille on the ground. Mm. And there's a stake through her heart. Mm. It looks like she's staked into the ground. Oh, my God. And they're all standing around her, mm-hmm. staring. And um, one of them looks up at the window. Oh, shit. It makes eye contact with you. Ah! <laughs> and that's where we'll end it. Excellent. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a pickle. I don't know how I'm going to get out of that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Why did you think? Why? Why do you look dissatisfied? I'm just. I feel anxious. Like I don't know if I'm. Anyway, I won't talk about my doubts okay. here, but I'm just You'll hoping... only talk about your strengths. I'm hoping that was compelling and... It was very compelling. I, I think I think that pretty much covered it. I was a little curious, like, in the latter half after the torpor, like, did Lucille go back to practicing medicine in the town? Um, so... Yes. Okay. So she, she, there's a couple doctors in town who know her Mm -hmm. and the hospital knows her. Mm -hmm. And so she'll come around 
sporadically. So it's like a little local hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she'll come around sporadically and just kind of do things. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, so she kind of works behind the scenes. Yeah. But it's getting, it was getting harder and harder for her. Right. As, as there have been changes in the medical field too. <laughs> sure. So there's more <laughs> <Right>. accountability. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. It's, it's a little harder for her yeah. to practice. But yeah. um, she was hoping through the torpor that maybe she could kind of, people would forget about her mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she could come back and start to, yeah, you know, totally be a doctor. So. Cool. Yeah. So that's where the fresh blood was coming in was from uh, mm-hmm. maintaining a herd via her yeah. practice. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's the only, that's the only plot hole I detected. So Aww. yeah. Okay. I was very satisfied with that. Okay. Good. I thought it was good. Covered a lot of ground. We yeah, had to. We had to. It's going to be a very long session by the time I stitch the two it sessions It will be together. very long, I but... people are okay with that. If you want to fast forward, it's fine. We'll <laughs> refer to things in the past. But I just... I felt like I'm trying to figure out the best way to do, like, a prelude for a character who is as long-lived as, as Charlotte is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's about what you did. That's what you did. I think... I don't think it was... Apart from uh, our, our in-depth discussion of uh, the moon phase and... Uh, <laughs> cloud cover at the top there <laughs> i think we moved along pretty well i tried yeah. i tried and obviously you were setting up some themes that are going to come back mm-hmm. and also a MacGuffin to look for which yep. is good yeah so i'm i think everything's in place okay yeah i wouldn't run it any differently all right yeah yeah it's just a longer prelude when you have a it's character a longer prelude. Who, you know yeah. does that but thanks for hanging in there yeah exactly yeah, thanks no for problem. listening Exactly. <laughs> if you got this far, you, uh, I really, really appreciate kudos. it. Kudos. <laughs> Major kudos, and thank you for, yes. for you know. And thank you for running it. Of course.